This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 147. I'm Nick Howell. And feeling more full of pepper than Al Snow in a hotel room with the big boss, man. Oh. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, <laughs> and welcome to another packed show nick we my goodness this summer is picking up man we just had an enormous weekend of wrestling with the g1 starting impact slam anniversary mm. mlw had kings of coliseum plus we just had a whole week of wwe programming and we're about to have another huge weekend of wrestling with the continuation of the g1 we've got extreme rules coming up on sunday and fight for the fallen on saturday uh, good lord uh, good Lord, I'm exhausted even saying that, but luckily it's all been and seems to be heading towards being good, good wrestling and good programming and exciting stuff. Yeah. No, it's a I'm, good, it's a good time to be a fan. I'm very excited. This, this <laughs> is, this is a very giant summer of wrestling. Um, it is. And I just, I, you know, no big news today, just cause we wanted to rave about how much stuff is going on right now in the world of wrestling. I just I I don't even know like the G one. That's the one thing I wanted to bring up. Like the times are really screwed up. Like how do you yeah. even know when the G one starts on each night? Because it's a different time. So I this can't is keep the, up with it. This is the screwy way I have found to to figure it out, and that is just that, watch it the next day on demand. Well, no. If you go to uh, njpw1972.com forward slash schedule, it shows all the schedule of when the G one starts, but you have to take the bell times and subtract 16 hours. So basically, if it says Saturday at uh, uh, 18.30, which would be 6.30 their time, um, it means that it's actually at 2.30 in the morning, Saturday, our time. So it, that's, that's our, of course, that's specific for us. That's, you know, for me on the West Coast specifically. So if you wanted to uh, do that, I mean, if you've got any kind of app, like find out where you are in the world and just that's Japan time. Uh, what they have on their website there, and just find out how far ahead or behind of you Japan is, and just add or subtract that amount of time. That's the time it starts. So it's a bit of a process. I kind of wish that there was an easier way to figure it out, but there's not. And I, it's, I want you to be better, New Japan. Yeah. You want us to watch this stuff? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, guys. Come on. 
but uh, that's that's how I figured. So I mean, for me, it's sixteen hours. I guess Nick, for you, uh, since you're what three hours ahead of me, yes, uh, it would be no, subtracting well, yeah. thirteen hours. You'd be subtracting thirteen hours from whatever they say on the New Japan it's site. Like so five thirty in the morning Eastern. It's it's absurd. Correct. You're yeah. You're going to have to watch it the next day. I yeah. can get off of work where I work as a bartender, and I get home at like three in the morning. I get to turn it on. I might make a, miss a tag match. But it's all. That's neither here nor there. We're getting ahead of ourselves, Nick. We're talking about the G1 later on in the show. Right now, we got to do some housekeeping and get into the meat of the shows. Let's do that. Yes, uh, as always, guys, come over and join us in the Facebook discussion or the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. Send us a join request. We'll get you right in there. You can also follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Right here on YouTube, where we are live every week, Thursdays, Friday. Or sorry, Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. <sighs> and if you love us and want to support our show, you can uh, sign up for one of our Patreon tiers over at patreon.com slash BWO. Get access to some exclusive content, such as copies of the show notes every week, the ability to ask listener questions, uh, all kinds of sweet swag, uh, bonus episodes, you name it, we got it. It's over there at patreon.com slash BWO. But Ian, let's not waste any more time Let's no. start off with Monday Night Raw. Gary Garbutt. <laughs> Gary Garbutt in the main event of Monday Night Raw. I'm going to throw that out there right now. What I'm talking about is the fact that throughout the entirety of Raw, we had a match where Roman Reigns was set up to face Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Uh, I, I, I was all a flutter for that match, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. And, uh, they, <laughs> and Shane and Drew got to pick... Roman's tag team partner. So they spent the entire time on Raw going around and talking to garbage men and janitors and just trying to find the worst person they could team him up with. And they ended up finding a janitor with a bum leg uh, who agreed to do it for $5,000. These bits back, they were a little bit silly, but they were fine. I I didn't really have any problem with them in theory. Uh, But then we get to the match and they said, oh, we're going to, don't worry, we're not going to embarrass you on TV. We're going to put a mask on you. Mr. Mr. Lame Janitor. Right. And uh, so he comes limping out to the ring to join Roman Reigns. And it goes down for the first half pretty much as you'd expect with Roman Reigns take, taking most of the punishment. The, the janitor sitting outside of the ring, uh, sitting on his butt, if you will. <laughs> you get it? He's, uh, he's got butt in his name. <laughs> uh, that was a... <laughs> We're old. That was a Beavis and Butthead reference. Um, so he's sitting outside the ring. Roman Reigns is getting his butt kicked. Ends up getting tagged in. The janitor ends up getting tagged in. And all of a sudden starts throwing huge high-flying moves all over the place. Whoops the crap out of Shane and Drew until they finally, like, get their feet underneath them. Drew gives him a claymore and gets the one, two, three for the win. But the look on Shane's face as he was backing away after the match, the look at his face, what the hell was that? Where did that come from? Uh, was was priceless, but after the match, we unmasked the janitor, and it turns out it wasn't actually Gary Garbutt after all. Yeah, it was none other than Cedric Alexander. What? 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 Nick, what did you what did you think about uh, Gary Garbutt and his contribution to the match, and the fact that it turned out to be Cedric Alexander? What's going on here? Unpack this for me. Well, I got really excited. When he started doing all kinds of flippy shit, and I went, "Oh, who did they put in here? Is this like Sinkara, or is this is that Ricochet, or 
Who is that? In the, who is that masked man? <laughs> I mean, based on the fact that we knew he was African American, based on the you know, like he he could see his hands and so forth, so you knew he wasn't like a, a, a luchador per se. Well, obviously he'd been trained in it, but it wasn't going to be like Sin Cara or someone like that. Right. Um, wasn't going to suddenly turn out to be Oni Lorcan, but who's the hard, <laughs> one, like one of the hardest working guys in WWE? Wasn't going to be Buddy Murphy, but uh, but at the same time, you know, de- yeah, definitely that was exciting. Like, who is this guy? Um, it's kind of like. Um, Oh, who was it? It was uh, one of the Guerreros ended up being the uh, uh, the Turducken, the gobbledygooker, right? Like, it's cool to find out who it is, like, later. And I almost kind of wish I didn't know who it was because, dude, Gary Garbutt got more of a crowd reaction than Cedric has in a long time. No kidding. People were, be- people were behind this guy. It was great. Should he have stayed stuff. masked? <laughs> Man, maybe. <laughs> like, get, like, unmasked, like, down the line or something. Yeah. Um, was this a good way of using Cedric? Like, I, I so I've heard rumors that this is an angle that's going to continue, that they want to continue to use Cedric in a big way this coming Monday Night Raw, which, thank God, finally, uh, you know, use Cedric, my God. Uh, he's got all kinds of talent. He's worth it. But is this how you wanted to see him used? Because you're a huge Cedric fan. I am a massive Cedric fan. Charlotte, North Carolina, what's happening? Um, at the end of the day, I, I'm not sure because it's happening on the heel, on the preface or at the very beginnings of a bit with Roman and The Undertaker. So I'm going, is this going to just get completely lost under the enormity of Roman Reigns and The Undertaker? I don't know. Is he just being used here in a pseudo-jobber kind of way? Is there anything going to come out of this? So that's why I'm hesitant. Right, and and I I think it's going to depend on what they do with Cedric on the next week or two's worth of shows. But that being said, if that's where they're going with this, why have the match with Undertaker on Sunday? Like what's I'm I'm curious now. I didn't need Cedric to get into the conversation to ask why to have this on Sunday. Right. So now here's <laughs> another thing I want to throw out. Right. Yeah. Well, this the, the, now I don't really care about the match on Sunday. I'm more interested in what you're doing with Cedric now. But that's but that's one thing that I want to point out is that there when Paul Heyman was given executive director position over Monday Night Raw, one of the things that came out was that he was. He immediately said, okay, I, if I'm going to do this, I want this person, this person, this one. And we don't know who these people were that he said he wanted to work with. Could one of them have been Cedric Alexander? And this is one of the things that Paul is mandating in his creative direction is saying, I want to do something with Cedric. Yeah. And is he going to try and get – because one of the things that Paul was famous for was being able to take pretty much anybody and figure out how to get them over. Yeah. Right? Like that was, that was his thing. You know, there were so many guys that he got over in ECW that just flopped other places because Paul knew how to position them. Tommy Dreamer, would he ever have gotten over? He barely got over in ECW as it was. But Paul found a way to make the fans not just like they went from just not giving a crap about Tommy Dreamer to ardently loving this guy. And I see Cedric as being a similar character to Tommy, where he's a he's a bit of a milk toast right now. There's not a whole lot of character to him. But if you give him a similar arc, or even it doesn't even have to be the similar arc, but you give him an arc uh, that that brings us around on him, like uh, could Paul make Cedric into someone like Tommy Dreamer? That's like, that's an a, interesting one. Um, you know, with I mean, the thing about Tommy is that he was willing to take just about anything and put on some pretty crazy hardcore matches in ECW. So I mean, Cedric is a high flyer, sure, but he's got the God, I don't again. Hate, I hate to say this. Not the, saying the same path exactly. Not yeah, saying the same but path. Exactly. He's, he's got the charisma of a two by four. You know, it's it's 
Yeah, he does great athletic ah! things, but that's about the extent of it, though, right? I would argue, and this is, we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, sure. but I would argue that that in the day, Tommy Dreamer didn't have a whole lot of personality at first either, and he had to find how to portray his personality. If you go back, one of the reasons Cedric was signed in the first place was because of the charisma he showed in the Cruiserweight Championship against Kota Ibushi. That match is what put him on most of the mainstream's radar. But it's because of just he played the plucky underdog in that match. He can do that. He's got the charisma. Yeah. It's just a matter of finding out how to focus it so that the audience sees it and comprehends it. And, and, and that's, that's what they focus on. That's what they glom onto. I'm not mad at so. this yet. I really enjoyed it. What am I concerned, where my concern lies is it's going to get completely lost in the shuffle underneath Undertaker and Roman Reigns. But that's kind of what I'm wondering is, is this now Undertaker-Roman's Reigns match, it's going to be on Sunday and poof, it's gone and we're on to something else. Why exactly. have the match then? So right. it's one or the other. It's either why have the match on Sunday or why even have Cedric be involved here. Maybe we're overthinking this at this point, but that's kind of our job, Nick. That's, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here is to overthink things. One thing I don't think got overthinked enough before they booked it was Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch in a mixed-gender tag match versus Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega, uh, which was an elimination match. Nick, under current WWE, I, I don't think it's an express rule, but it's definitely they don't allow it, and that's uh, inter intergender matches. So if it's an elimination match, and we saw this happen where Zelina Vega went out first, and it was then Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Andrade, you, Becky could not have been tagged in against Andrade. Yeah. So how is that an elimination match? Is okay, well, whichever, gen whichever gender goes out first is eliminated. That, it was just dumb. You, you and I are so reason. wired in at the head at this point. I, we opened up Raw with too. this. We opened up yeah. Raw with this, and I just went, wait, how can you what? have an intergender elimination, elimination match? Yeah. <laughs> well, and on top of that, if the point of this match, you know, the point of having this, aside from obviously the kind of the, the, the dream nature of it, where awesome, Andrade versus Seth Rollins, cool. Not excited about Becky versus Zelina. Zelina should just be a mouthpiece. But Seth versus Andrade, awesome. Can't wait to see that. And sure enough, they worked beautifully together. I can't wait to see them have an actual feud at some point. I hope that happens. I hope that's what happens after Sunday, is mm -hmm. that's what the point of this match was, was to try and test that out. What, get Andrade because, and, and uh, Seth Rollins and Seth, together? Oh, yes, oh, yes. Yes, do that. Otherwise, what's the point of this match? Because the rules were different than Sunday, so it doesn't really help promote the match on Sunday other than it's a guy and a girl versus a guy and a girl whoop the frickin' do it has no purpose for Andrade and Zelina in storyline there's no, no motivation there's no stakes it's just this match is a match for momentum if and Seth and no. Becky they can which, they were, they were the just way, used to set up Baron and Lacey Evans coming out and, back and hitting them in the back I think that's all this was this was throwaway so unfortunately I don't was, think right. we're gonna get that but that's the thing is that was the only reason that was the only thing that really connected this to Sunday was it was an intergender match and Baron and Lacey came out to jump Seth and Becky after the match yeah uh, and 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 at one point in the middle of the match for a commercial break because that's what we have, we have to do that now, um, <laughs> but that's kind of my point with this is if if there's one thing that you know we critique a lot about WWE these days, the writing specifically the booking is it it does not get fans invested to have matches with the only stake being quote unquote momentum that that if they did away with that. If that was something that in the writer's room, they said, you cannot have a match that does not have some concrete stakes. Right. And momentum does not count as stakes. If you were to just take that and have that be an edict, 
how much better would these shows be across the board? Like that would be, in my opinion, a huge step in the right direction. What you're saying is wins and losses should matter in the WWE. Not even it doesn't even have to be wins and losses. Just give me something to care about in the match. Give yeah. the match a reason for happening. You know what I mean? You can still have 50-50 booking, which I think they should also do away with, but it's fun. like that is less to me of an issue than having matches with no real concrete stakes and sure. having the only stake being quote momentum, which to me is as becoming one of the dirtiest words in WWE. Yes. Uh, this year or last couple of years, I should say. Uh, Michael Cole will find something else to harp on about over time. But yeah, it's, I don't know. This, this, I, I hate this for Andrade and Zelina Vega. Again, much like Cedric, I feel like they're getting used uh, because there's no way in hell that feud's going to go forward at the expense of Baron and Lacey. And I, unfortunately, I think those two are going to be around for some time. We're going to see Seth and Baron circling each other I wouldn't be surprised if they put a belt you, on one of the two of them in the next few pay-per-views. Wait, wait, wait. You think so? Because they're saying after this Sunday they don't get any more chances and it's done. <laughs> oh, <go ahead. laughs> skeptically right. pessimistic. Skeptically pessimistic, I tell you. Yeah, or skeptically uh, uh, pessimistic. Yeah. But you're being no, pessimistic. I'm just full-on pessimistic on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, man. No. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely... I, I hope it's done after this Sunday. I really do. I'm over it. Um, it was a fairly decent showcase for Andrade. Get him in a big picture. It was, it was nice to see him there. But uh, I don't think it really built for the match on Sunday at all. I'm not excited about that match. Another match. That's that's two for two matches. I just want to get it over with yep. on Sunday. Yep. Um, a match I do want to see on Sunday, however, was built in, a, in another match on this night. Ricochet had a match with Luke Gallows of the newly reformed club. Uh, which ended up being Luke Gallows. After he beat Luke Gallows with a surprise roll-up, uh, he then, because he said before the match, I know all those guys from the club are going to be out here. I'll face them all if I have to. AJ challenged him after the match and said, well, you said that. Why don't you put your money where your mouth is and take on Carl Anderson next? Which Ricochet then, because he's a fighting champ and he's a, he's a good, upstanding baby face, he did. He then said, all right, I'll fight Carl Anderson. And he beat Carl Anderson too. Because he's a fine, outstanding babyface, and that's what babyfaces should do. And then he proceeded to get the absolute horse snot picked, kicked out of him after this match. Yep. Uh, again, just getting whooped up right and left by the club. Very, very reminiscent of last week. Uh, it went on a little bit too long, but I, I don't have a problem with that because I think that was the point. Yeah. Was to drive home. AJ's a heel. They want to make you uncomfortable with how much punishment they're, they're dishing out. They want to make you hate them. So I had no, at the end of the day, logistically, I had no problem with that. No, and it was, they drove home the point and commentary did this as well. He kept saying, don't get up ricochet because I don't want you to have any excuses on Sunday. And then out like the pure white meat baby face he is, he still got up anyway. They turned around and went back in. I had no problem with it. It did feel a little long Mm -hmm. in the tooth, but again, I I have no problem with AJ and and getting the club back together. You know, I'm, I'm all in on that. Oh, sure. No, I love the club being back together, and I love, you know, heel AJ. He's have, obviously having so much fun doing this. It feels like a weight is off his shoulders, and I'm looking forward to, like like we said, the last two weeks where Ricochet and AJ have had little, like, teaser matches. Well, we're getting a real match for the U.S. title on Sunday between AJ and Ricochet. Give it to me now. Yes. I want that match. Let them open up and really go. AJ is not what he used to be back in like 2006 TNA, but damn it, the dude can still 
go in a match and do some big moves. You know, he can be a little bit more of the grounded one now, and Ricochet can do all the crazy flying. Uh, and we all know Ricochet opens up a can on pay-per-views. So if they were smart, very important and I know they listen, so I'm going to throw this out there, <laughs> they would open Extreme Rules with that match. That mm-hmm. would get the show. I mean, you talk about two guys that can go and do some crazy shit. Man, open yeah, the show everyone- with that to get the crowd going. Yeah, and especially if Ricochet is going to retain, so that you know you have the uh, you have that excitement going to the show. I'm looking down the list; I don't see any other one that's going to open it instead. No, me either. Um, maybe the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. Although I wouldn't be surprised if that went to the pre-show. But uh, yeah, Ricochet AJ Styles could definitely open the show. If it does, uh, I wouldn't be. I would be surprised if they have AJ win it, unless they want to set a tone. But yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be one of those definitely like crowd-pleasing, exciting matches. But uh, we will see Sunday. Another thing we're going to see Sunday is Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman in a last-man-standing match, which I'm of two minds about. I, don't, I, I want to ask you about that in a second. But we saw Lashley this week in a match against a returning Rey Mysterio who had an open challenge to celebrate his return. It was answered by Lashley, and Rey got squashed is that what is up with ray getting squashed all this year the poor guy comes back to wwe they call him a legend they say he's a legend all the time but then he continues to put guys over in major ways i'm all for that i'm all for like the old-time wrestlers putting dudes over but this is actually like kind of embarrassing at this point for ray yeah it was like, fine with bad. it was fine with joe this i i don't have an explanation for this i thought it was some way to set up Strowman, and it just never happened well, I think it's a way to set up Lashley as being a true ass kicker, and they've done a really good job of making Lashley look beating up Rey Mysterio. Come on, absolutely no. He looks monstrous for the last. Like, he got put through. They were. I mean, they sold this on the commentary. This guy got put through the the Titan Tron last week. He's not a hundred percent. He's still all busted up. Braun Strowman's still out with a broken spleen because of this. Uh, but yet Lashley can get in there and step up with an all timer and beat him handily. So that was what I think they were trying to show here. And I think they've done a good job of showing Lashley as a badass. Uh, I just, I question it being at the expense of Ray. Again, I'm of two minds of it, uh, both on the last man standing match, which I tend to hate them because I hate hearing the 10 count over and over and over again. It's like, oh my God. And with these two, you're going to hear it a lot. <laughs> this match is going to go on I don't. for a while. I hope I don't. I hope they keep popping up at three until someone gets covered with like someone like flips a truck on the other one and then there's no getting up. I, I want I last been standing matches. I want to hear maybe one, two at most three times that count goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like get to like one or two and they're back up. You know what I mean? Like especially with these two guys, it, you know, there's a rumor out there that Strowman is going to be quote taken back to his roots. Now obviously that came from ringside news, so giant horse block assault, but. Uh, at the same time, I, I want to see these two guys just no-sell insane damage yeah, and go off on each other. No, I want to see Braun get thrown in the garbage truck or somebody to get thrown into a cement mixer or just like these two giant behemoth men. Yeah. It needs to take something that ridiculous to put them down. And they've been doing these strength spots, the arm wrestling and the tug of war, yes. all of that, and pu- blowing them up through the Tron and... Right. I want it, this needs to be extreme at extreme rules, you know? Yeah, this needs to, this is going to be, this should be the signature match of this Sunday. And yeah. I, I, I wish, I wish they'd saved the spot where Roman backed the ambulance up with Braun Strowman in the back and he backed it up into the semi that should have been saved for this match because that didn't do any favors for Roman's character. He right. tried to kill a man. These two guys, 
Bobby Lashley actually said he wants to put Braun Strowman, quote, in the morgue, which is very, very harsh language for PG era WWE. If that's a, if they want to kill each other, let's see it. Let's see that now. Now is the time to have these guys actively try to murder each other. I'd buy that for a dollar. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you, RoboCop. We also had uh, Bailey and Nikki Cross in a beat the clock challenge. Bailey had to face uh, Sarah Logan, making her TV return. And Nikki Cross had to face Dana Brooke. And whoever got the, the least amount of time to beat their opponent would win. And if they won, they got to pick the stipulation for Bailey and Alexa Bliss's championship match, SmackDown Live championship match on Sunday. Uh, what did you think about this whole bit? Was this entertaining to you? Did this did, was this a nice shakeup from what we normally see? Because we said earlier, stakes and matches. This was stakes. What I, did you think? I have to admit that I, I was not mad about this. I'm enjoying this as as long form storytelling and different ways. And I think it's still got legs. It's still got more they could do with it. This whole kind of shadow proxy or conciliary to Alexa Bliss that Nikki Cross is playing. Uh, you know, I thought she was going to get up there and go, you know what, screw Alexa Bliss. I'm going to name the stipulation for her. And she did, right? So anyway, the point is, is yes. Uh, was it Sarah Logan and Dana Brooke? Sure. Who did you think it was going to be? Charlotte Flair? Uh, but my point is, is that yes, we went through these motions. I, I'm enjoying this. I think this is going to culminate with them putting the SmackDown Women's Championship on Nikki Cross, not Alexa Bliss. And I I love that. I think that's the open possibility here. I I think there's more story to tell before you put the belt on Nikki. Uh, That being said, I think Bailey's looking like crap right now. She she beat Sarah Logan, but it took her four minutes and 36 seconds to do it. (laughs) And then Nikki comes in and beats Dana Brooke with a minute 30 left to go. Like handily beats Bailey's time. And then talks smack to her in the middle of the ring uh gives a great promo on bailey which causes bailey to slap her in the face and and drop an elbow on her which seemed very aggressive and heelish to me they tried to explain it away as she's not going to take any guff from anybody but bailey doesn't bailey just comes across a bit dopey like we don't know what bailey's character is anymore she's not the smiley happy you know princess girl anymore even though that's still her entrance um you know kind of like the weird fangirl that she was back in nxt even though that's still her entrance of like, I'm Bailey. Uh, you know, that's more Kylie oh. Ray now. Hey, oh. Kylie Ray is doing Bailey better than Bailey is. Bailey is <laughs> in limbo, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it's weird to see Bailey try to act like a badass when that's the last thing her character is. But at the same time, she shouldn't be a, a dork like she was with her, her last few with Alexa. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know how to feel about Bailey. Nikki is definitely the best part of this whole feud. We'll get into more of it on SmackDown where we had even more Nikki and Bailey stuff. I just have but, to start yeah. watching TV um, with one of those uh, translator earpieces that they use at the UN uh, to, so, that, so I can understand what Nikki's actually saying. What's the matter, Nick? You can't understand a Glaswegian accent. It's Alex, it's Alexa, that Alexa Bless. Alexa Bless. Don't you know, Bailey? <laughs> no, get in the ring on Sunday. What? I'm going to beat you senseless. You what? That's right. You what? <laughs> yeah, Raj, bastard, I'll kill you. All right. All right. Uh, Don't no, get carried away over there, sir. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Um, I have Glaswegian family. So, no, the, Nikki's definitely the best thing. I actually, I still can't get over you calling her the consigliere to Alexa Bliss, by the way. Isn't that the role she's playing? She's making all I the decisions know. for her? She's acting her. on her behalf, you know? I'm going to start calling her Nikki Hagen now. Yeah. <laughs> 
instead of two. Alexa Bliss is the godfather now. I'm like, oh, man, man. Alexa, Nikki, there's something I want you to do. I need you something special for me. Oh, yeah, pet my cat, kiss the ring. You know, there's, <laughs> there's something I want you to do for me on Sunday. I need you to take Bailey, take her out to the woodshed, put a boat in her head. You know what I'm saying? This is not going to be a difficult thing for you. Make okay, swim with the thanks. fishes. Manka said, "Yeah, so what the? Fi- I don't think they ever actually said that in the in the movie. I think that was uh, just one of the other characters mafia said that." Slang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that was maybe good. We we digress. It was good, fellas. We digress. Wait, what podcast but, are we doing today? <laughs> I I don't even know. I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> We're doing accents and voices. Uh, at the end of the day, Sarah Logan looked good. Dana Brooke looked decent. She got a little shine here. Th- this was all good stuff, and. You know, it makes me look forward to the match on Sunday because now I genuinely don't know what's happening. Um, but I want to talk about this more when we get to SmackDown again because, as you said, this is one of those things that's going across both brands. Let's come back to this on SmackDown. In the meantime, talk about Miz and the Usos teaming up to face uh, Revival and Elias. And uh, I, I don't... This felt like kind of spinning the wheels. I know we have a Revival and uh, Usos match on Sunday... Nick, I'm having trouble caring, and I love both these teams. And Miz and Elias, what are they doing? Elias left the Revival in the middle of the match, which was strange because supposedly he's also part of Shane's goon squad along right. with the Revival. So uh, what, what is it imploding? What's the story they're trying to tell here? Miz is now kind of lost in the shuffle. Like, what, what's going on with, with all of this? This all started with Shane and Miz. I don't even know what this is anymore. Right. That's, that's kind of the point here. Is like I'd, I'd almost want to just off. keep doing impressions and voices instead of talking about this match because <laughs> it's arguably more relevant and fun. No, I, I think the fun, the, the interesting part of this for me is that this started with Shane and Miz, and it evolved into Shane Roman with, Shane, with Drew by his side, and then they, the Revival were brought in, and then Elias was an extra goon on the other show. Now Shane and Drew are just kind of their own thing on both shows, and Elias got left behind. Revival's tagging along. Whatever the hell Miz is doing now, he's been forgotten. The Usos, I, I don't even know anymore. Like this, is, this all makes no sense. I that said at the end of the day, I'll watch Revival and Usos all day. Sure, it's, I think it will probably agree. It's probably going to be a great match. <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't have to do much to build for it. But this, I don't know. I don't think this was quite on the mark. It just didn't feel like it had enough pepper, <laughs> yeah. for lack of a better or for lack of a better word. I, or, <laughs> <laughs> some reason I thought you meant like steaks like a cow. And I'm like, yeah, I could use some more steaks. Are you no, thinking of heavy machinery? Steaks yeah, and that's, weights? That's, that's, right. that's the next show. Steaks and weights. We also had uh, Drake's and Drake Maverick escaped with his 24-7 belt all night long. We had, there was a bunch of kind of bits with the 24-7 title tonight, but it wasn't about the 24-7 title. It's become about Drake Maverick and to some extent our truth as well. We had Drake Maverick with his wife, and she said that they hadn't consummated their marriage yet, but they were going to, and he got all a flutter, um, which I guess was cute and kind of funny. Um, but then all of a sudden, because he was because he was so loud in being excited about uh, consummating his marriage, all the typical like low mid-carters found him and started chasing him around. And then there was like hiding in crates, and our truth was going the wrong direction, trying to find. Hey, it was this whole you know Benny Hill thing again. Um. Is this becoming a little too oversimplified? Like the, when, when they first did the 24-7 belt, you and I got all, uh, you know, all excited. Oh, they're going to do all these crazy things. This is just becoming ha-ha, funny, Drake's not getting laid jokes, and our truth is a goofball. Yes. Is that, is, are we at the point now where we're starting to worry 
Well, I don't. About I like that they're building storyline around the whole Drake trying to get the championship and foregoing his marriage uh, in order to to maintain his his reign as twenty four seven champion. I'm not too mad at that. This is not. I didn't want it to evolve into basically circling around two guys. I mean, we still got the Benny Hill guys chasing the, exactly. the lower mid card chasing when it's convenient. But right now, it's really about truth and Maverick. So I I didn't want it to go this direction. I liked it when it was just manic and crazy and anybody could have it at any time and take that up to 11. But this is not not where I wanted this to go. No. Yeah. The same here. Uh, I I don't know. It was funny. I was, in, I was sports entertained. But, you know, the stepping back, the pragmatist in me is starting to worry. I'm also really worried about what the hell is going on with Mike and Maria ben, uh, Canellis. Uh They had a segment. They had two segments, actually, which I can only describe as some of the hardest I've cringed uh, ever since we saw Enzo and Lana in a hotel room. This was so weird. Maria is pregnant, and basically, if you got a third grader to write how a pregnant woman speaks and that third grader hated women, you would have the script that Maria Canales is working with here. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know how better to describe it than that. It was so cringy. She did all the typical things like, I want ice cream and pickles and, oh, you're so sweet for bringing me flowers. But you're why calling you bring me fat. Me ice- you're calling me fat. Maybe you didn't impregnate me. I don't know. <laughs> and Mike Canales is in there going, what are we doing? Um, awful, absolutely awful. F minus. What a fall from grace for Mike Bennett. I think I said that a week or two ago. Garbage. Got hot. Garbage. When we first started this show a few months in, it was in that Mike Bennett was going to come over to WWE and I went, Oh, you were all, you were all a flutter about it because he was, he was great. And and now that being said, he did have to, uh, go through rehab and, and, you know, get clean and everything. He's looks in better shape. Than he's ever been, but and at the Maria, same time, for that like, matter what? is is one of the greater all time valets. You know, looks great, always mm-hmm. interrupted, did a great job at ringside, great for her part. Whatever the hell this last year has been with the two of them, I, this is the greatest. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, that mm-hmm. whole when they came back this time, they should have changed all that lovey-dovey stuff up, giving him a proper entrance. I mean, Mike Bennett could get a Miz-esque push with Maria at his side, similar to what they did with Maurice, and have that kind of going out there and having a conflict where Maria always interferes. I mean, they could have done this well. I don't know what the hell this is, and I'm, I'm way beyond over it at this point. Yeah, and I, 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 I still am wondering if this is punishment for them re-signing and then being like, oh, by the way, Maria's pregnant. <laughs> the scary part is I, it's probably not. And they're it's, all in on it. Right. And then they actually all think this is good TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, questionably good TV, the Viking Raiders squashed a couple of enhancement guys named Colin and Devin Justin. Uh, that's a lot of first names right there. But uh, yeah, uh, so Viking Raiders are squashing people and the audience does not care. This was a bit of a, a crap crowd on Monday going into business for themselves and uh, being snarky. But yeah. uh, this was this was not a good look for Viking Raiders. They have ruined them. People just do not care about them anymore. No. Um, at least that's that's what it seems like this week. Long we had a match where, oof, uh, Cesaro beat No Way Jose, which is kind of as we will find out on SmackDown now starts to make sense. They wanted to build Cesaro back up into a guy who was squashing people. We also had Street Profits 
show up randomly during the show and hype up Extreme Rules on Sunday, which was weird. Um, what an odd role to put your NXT tag team champions in to have them be hype men. It works for them because they're brilliant hype men and the stuff they were doing was weird and hilarious, which is kind of their, their thing. There's a little voice in the back of my head, Nick. It makes me worried for when they truly do get called up if this is what Vince sees the, in them. Because we had a New match with them on NXT. Is that what you mean? Yeah. It, I mean, so we have to talk about NXT later, but they had a match, a title defense on NXT this week where I, like, you know me, when, they, when I first saw Street Profits, I was like, ugh, I didn't like them. Yeah. I thought they were what Vince is positioning them as here, which was just cool. a lot of hype and flash, no substance, too cool, exactly. Yeah. Um, now I see them as being the total package. The dudes can wrestle. They are. They have got charisma through the roof. Um, great baby faces. They've gotten that confidence and swagger, spending a year or two in NXT, and that's kind of what and it's for, you know. Being champs in Evolve and going over there, like you know, doing yep. all kinds of work. And their match on NXT was a fantastic match, like brilliantly worked match. I'm worried though that Vince is seeing them the way I saw them at first, yep. which is just, you know, fluff. So that's the one little voice in the back of my head that went, oh, no, when I saw Street Profits this week on Monday Night Raw. We also lastly had a quick speech, relatively, for Paul. A quick speech from Paul Heyman, not about how he's taking over Raw, but how, spoiler alert, Brock will cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase this Sunday on either Kofi or Seth Rollins. And he pointed, he pointed out, that he has not broken a spoiler since before WrestleMania 30. Now, and, and he, he pointed out, he's like, would I waste all of that buildup of the legitimacy of calling something a spoiler just to psych these guys out on Sunday? Or is Brock actually cashing in? Hmm. Hmm. Now, I like how, how he came out right at the end. What was it? The... Was it the Seth and Becky bit? I can't remember. He walked out. He did that thing again like he did at WrestleMania where he walked out in the middle of someone else leaving. And I, I kind of like that as a trope for him, as a thing. Um, but I, I just can't remember which part. But I thought when he came out, I went, oh, is he going to come out and do like a, a thing for being the executive director of Raw now and make a whole big like authority speech or something? Like, I'm in charge now and I'm changing shit. And no, we just got Heyman Lesnar stuff. I got excited for a second, but do I think he's going to cash in? I think there's a high likelihood that he could cash in on Kofi. Do you think that it's going to be one of those things where Paul gets away with this by Brock attempting to cash in and something interrupts his, his attempt to cash in? Because that way Paul can have his cake and eat it too. See, I told you he was going to try to cash in, but he doesn't actually cash in. Right. He ne the bell never rings. He tries to. The bell never rings. Right. Yada, yada, and Paul's right. like, hey, man, I said he was going to try. Yeah. I didn't say he was actually going to, you know, he tried. So I think that's how they're going to get away with this. That's, or that's my I'll throw something thought. else crazy at you. Baron does pull it off. They take the title off of Seth, and he cashes in on Corbin immediately and beats the shit out of him, murders him, and Brock Lesnar's the universal champion again. I mean, that's one way to make people happy that Brock has the title. Oh, better than Corbin. But at the same time, know. then once people once people digest that Brock, I, I has think it I back, might just gonna, vomit a second time. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> exactly. I don't. I think at the end of the day, people will then digest it and be like, "This is even worse." Yeah. Yeah. So we shall see. Uh, we shall see on Sunday. But before we get to Sunday, there's lots more to talk about. 
over on SmackDown Live. Well, this show started out hot. Um, we uh, we got a interview in the parking lot with Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I believe it was Caleb Braxton interviewing Dolph Ziggler coming uh, into the arena, only to be in an Armada, by the way, which very nice car. Oh, uh, only to be interrupted with with Kevin Owens in his rental Dodge Charger pulling up behind them and blowing the horn incessantly just to annoy Dolph Ziggler and interrupt his interview. Get his bag out and go, "Hey, man, I'm I'm just parking. I'm just I'm getting my I'm just here. You know, don't mind me." And it it, it just escalates into a scuffle. Shane comes out, says, you're off the show, kicks him off the show. Somehow, Owens gets back inside, finds a hot mic, and goes all CM Punk on the, just the, the whole show, he, finds three to four mics as they're continuing to cut them off. Holy Yeah, Shane smokes. comes out, cut off his mic, cuts his mic, he goes, I found another mic, idiot. And just, There's only yeah, one he, mic, idiot. <laughs> he, 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 he pulled off a, a KO Punk, a Canadian rattlesnake. Like, they're, they're going, it's, you know, it's funny. It's one of those things that's, it's a trope now, uh, anti-authority, uh, breaking the fourth wall, breaking kayfabe, a little bit pipe bombish, but damn it, because Kevin Owens is so good, it worked. It really did work. I dug it. Uh, yeah, it was exciting, uh, largely because Kevin Owens, uh, he's, he is the one who 100% pulled this off. Yeah. And I have to admit, I still wasn't like, this is a great idea. Um, but I'm more interested in, in waiting and seeing what happens now. So I am more invested now in seeing where they're going with this. It did seem like Kevin Owens is going to be moving forward into a feud with Shane McMahon, considering that at the end of the show, Dolph Ziggler was given uh, another main event match because he whined and bitched to Shane. And so he was given a main event match against Roman Reigns because why not? We need to finally get Roman on the show. He's supposedly on. Um, and it builds for the, the match on Sunday somehow. Sure. But uh, at the end, Kevin Owens comes out, gives a stunner to Shane, and then runs off into the crowd to a huge ovation. Look, the crowd bought this hook, line, and sinker. The crowd is, crowd is now all in on Kevin Owens suddenly being a tweener, badass, somewhat babyface, anti-authority figure. So am I. They're all, they're all in. And frankly, like I was in too when they started doing this before Kevin Owens had to turn heel on Kofi. Uh, because Daniel Bryan, I believe, got injured, or whatever the reason, whatever the reason was that he had to turn heel, because the the original idea got scuffled, scuttled. I think it was because Daniel Bryan got injured. Um, Hang on, I want to go back and address something you said a second ago. Okay. So back on Raw. Meanwhile, previously on Raw, we were talking meanwhile. about <laughs> we were talking about how Shane and Miz started this whole thing off, but now Shane and Drew have run off to have a feud with Roman and the Undertaker, but now Shane's going to have a feud with Kevin Owens. Yeah. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's getting a little convoluted. Um, I think they're trying to show uh, throw as many people at Shane as possible and see what sticks or just have him be kind of like Vince was back in the day where the good guys are all getting messed Shane up by Vince. Is the problem? Well, <laughs> he can't and be it's in a funny. feud with everybody. So, okay, this is the part about this I want to talk about yeah. is that you've got Kevin Owens coming out at the top of the show and he's saying, I I'm, I'm, you know, he, he calls out Shane for taking up too much TV time away from people like Buddy Murphy, Ali, uh, Kyrie Sane, you know, and the crowd Apollo was all Cruz hyped. Got like, oh, a in there. oh my, oh my God! Yeah. Um, so it's what, what's crazy is whether that's the writers or that's Kevin Owens coming up with this sh promo on his own. It's still WWE saying go out there and crap on the product, which means one of two things: either they're intentionally doing this so that they can have someone like Kevin Owens come out and get a babyface reaction to it. 
um, and they think that somehow that's good booking, or they don't know, and then they finally get to this point, and it's pointed out to them, and they say, oh, well, let's at least make something of this. Yeah. And either way, that's, that's horrible. That's horrible booking. That's, that's, horrible, that's a horrible planning. Like Either you're intentionally screwing up uh, and driving people away in order to get a babyface pop later, or you're just incompetent. Which is it? Because either way is bad. He, you know, Kevin Owens even called out, you guys said you were going to listen to the fans back in December. And you know what? You didn't. Now all we're getting is, a, now all that happened is that Shane is getting so much more power. It's basically a lot of stuff we bitch about on this show. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of the same people that, you know, do what we do have been bitching about as well. And the internet's been bitching about it. But why, I want to take it a step beyond that and say, well, why would you have this be your babyface angle? Is Shouldn't, this I mean, a- why? You don't have to do a CM Punk thing to get a guy over. No, well, it, Kevin, like you called out, Kevin does it well, and I'm okay with Kevin doing this kind of stuff, being that tweener, you know, he, uh, hero that the fans need. You know, it, it's that kind of thing that we want him to be. I don't know that I've always liked him just being a heel or a face. He is one of those, you know, unique individuals that can do both and be that tweener, the rare tweener that you know they're trying desperately to. Uh, you know, arguably get Roman Reigns to be just so everybody loves him. But I think in a weird way, everybody loves Kevin Owens. I think they're done with Roman Reigns being a tweener ever since the leukemia thing. He's just been a badass baby face. Sure. Um, Kevin Owens, you kind of have to make a tweener because he's just had so much time being a heel that unless he's kind of edgy like this, there's no way people are going to to buy in. They They know he's kind of a scumbag. Yeah. But if he's a scumbag who's fighting our fight, we're going to cheer for him. Yeah. And, you know, so, all we want, you know, there, here, there's some interesting ways that you could theorycraft this. It, are they doing this? And I, I saw it mentioned in the chat. So kudos to, I can't remember who that was, right? The, uh, Will James just said it in the chat. Thank you. I was thinking the same thing. What's are, up, Will? Are they spending, have they spent the last six months drowning us in Shane for this moment? Right. Just exactly. so they could just inundate us with Shane so that when they did this with KO, it makes sense. Have they slant did they come out in January to set the stage and say we're the authority only to run Shane down our throats endlessly just so that we could have this flip in a weird meta way, we could flip the entire WWE on itself? I okay, I, I get but, it. But that kind of. but that's what I'm saying. How does that in any way make Good business sense. It doesn't. Let's suck. Let's suck for six months, six months so that we can have a moment of redemption six months down the line. Let's intentionally tank what? our ratings over the course yeah. of the six months. Oh, God. Okay. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, that, no. That, but that it kind of makes, makes no sense, sense in a weird WWE way. You can make it work. Well, no, 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 no. Even in WWE logic, it just it hurts. It hurts my brain, Nick. It hurts my brain. One thing that I liked having in my brain piece was Nakamura versus Finn Balor, which we saw uh, this evening on SmackDown Live. Not a title match. Not a title match was a lucky thing for Finn because he took a hellacious beating and then ate a pin. One, two, three, Nakamura looking dominant and beating him clean. Welcome back, Shinsuke. Um, I can't think of a singles match these guys have had together since the uh, the New Japan Cup in 2014. So this is exciting to see these guys working each other. And Wasn't Shinsuke Finn coming back. The, it, was, it was 14? I thought he was mm-hmm, gone by yeah. then. No, it was, it was on his way out. That was uh, when he was when he Was Was that when David. AJ flipped on him? And, uh, it was right around that time. Yeah, okay. Right around that time. Yeah, I, have yeah, to, yeah. I have to go back and 
look at it again. I just remember that's that's wow, when that was I, a long time ago. Holy smokes! Yeah, whole world away, whole world away, and here we are. Finn Balor is now the IC champion. Uh, I don't think they're going to have a match. I don't it, at this point. We don't have a match scheduled between these two on Sunday. I suppose it could happen between now and then. Um, they have room for another match with WWE scheduling. They have room for another match, so they could make this happen for Sunday. I would love it if they did. I cannot freaking wait for this feud. Mm -hmm. If this is how they're going to book it, Nakamura looked like he was a cold, calculating killer. Finally, which is what I've wanted him to be look like ever since he first turned heel. It's what he should have been. He kept taking Finn outside and trying to get the count-out victory on him. Gave him a Kinshasa outside before having Finn have to come back in so many times. And one of the times Nakamura caught him with a Kinshasa, one, two, three. It made him look great, powerful. It didn't take too much away from Finn because Finn held up his end of the bargain. We all know Finn is looking good right now as the champ. So, good stuff. Doesn't look like we're going to have any cock knocking. I'm all about this feud. Give it to me now. Or That's... is it just long-term way to get the demon out and have Shinsuke be the next in line to lose to the demon? You build this for long enough, I ain't even mad at that. Okay. To be honest with you. If, I, me either, if, yeah. frankly. <laughs> I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for a proper demon build. This I'm waiting deserves for a, a feud to let them fight. Let them fight. <laughs> Indeed. Um, okay, so we were talking about this on Raw. Let's let's continue the story on SmackDown. Nikki Nikki Hagen and uh, and Bailey, they have a face to face contract signing. Nikki has decided that it's going to be a two on one match. Her and Alexa Bliss on Sunday. We know that in real life, this is because Alexa has a nasty sinus infection. That girl, I tell you, she is. <laughs> what is break. up with her? And not she, yeah. Uh, so they inserted Nikki into the match because of that, which makes me wonder if there's gonna if she's gonna win on Sunday or not, or if, you know plans change. Uh, plans change. But uh, but so Nikki is now stepping in for uh, for Alexa, as you say, as the consigliere to Alexa. <laughs> um, I can I I can almost see uh, a Nikki saying like uh, you know going up to Alexa uh, in between the shows and saying like oh Alexa. What should I do? And Alexa coming back to her and just being like, I understand you found paradise in America, you little weird Scottish widow. You had a good trade. You made a good living. The police protected you. There were courts of law. You didn't need a friend like me. But now you come to me and you say, Alexa Bliss, give me justice. But you don't ask with no respect. You don't offer friendship. You don't even think to call me uh, the, the, the goddess. Instead, you come into my house on the day my daughter's to be married. You ask me to do murder on Bailey for money. This is disgusting. I can't believe you. <laughs> this is amazing. And instead, instead, we have Nikki out here being like, oh, Bailey, I'm going to kill you on Sunday. And so this is... And I believe this her. Is now, <laughs> and this is now making a, Nikki more interesting than anybody else. It doesn't help the fact that Nikki is the best damn actress in all of WWE as far as I'm concerned. She's in the weirdest position as far as what her character has to do and feel and think, and she is making this feel real. Uh, aside from kind of speaking slowly in her promo on Monday, sound felt like she was trying to remember her lines a little bit. Here, she was fire, and she was working with all of these different complex things going on in her head, and you could see all these different things going on. Behind, like She was thinking about, is Alexa really tricking me? What is Bailey actually saying? Like, who do I believe? And also, I'm nuts. There was all kinds of levels she was working on. I loved, I love what Nikki's doing. Here's the thing. 
when we talk about someone getting a quote-unquote push or not getting a quote-unquote push, this is what a push looks like. Yep. They give you interesting things to work with, and you do good things with those things. You grab the brass ring. She is grabbing the brass ring. And then you continue that. They give you more. You do more good stuff. They give you more. You do more good stuff. We also know this is just her acting and playing a character. She hasn't even had a whole lot of ring work yet except for a couple of matches, and she beat Bailey clean. We know Nikki can work in the ring. I, in my opinion, one of the best women's matches, if not the best women's match of the last five years, was Nikki Cross versus Asuka in a last woman standing match in NXT. Ladder match. What a ladder it was a match? La- no, last, last woman standing. Oh, but they got ladders the, out. They were jumping onto the... At yeah, one yeah, yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there was also trash can spots <sighs> and table spots. It was absolutely amazing. Nikki can go in the ring. At this point, I'm wondering if they are actually seeing this or if she's just getting opportunities because Alexa's sick and she's knocking it out of the park. And if they're like, okay, cool, we'll move on after this. But the fact that they're spending so much time on this story and giving her the real character work here. Again, Bailey is just, she's window dressing at this she's point. She's just there. <laughs> she's just there. I don't give two craps about Bailey no. right now. And that's too bad. She's the champ. I should care about her, but I don't. All I care about is what is Nikki's journey when it comes to Alexa? Mm. You know what I mean? And that's, that is way more interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, I would not be surprised if this whole thing turns into some kind of end around screw job where, you know, I, Nikki cross ends up with the championship screwing over Alexa if, in some way. Yeah. And, and frankly, and it, it says something about the storyline where Bailey's story feels like Pokemon and Nikki Cross's story feels like, the Godfather. Yes. So we also had a tag team summit, quote unquote, which was three tag teams coming out. All three of these tag teams are in a match this Sunday. It was the uh, the New Day, specifically Big E and Xavier Woods, Heavy Machinery, and Daniel Bryan and Rowan. They all came out and had a little patter. Some of it was funny. Some of it was awkward. Had a little little chat off. And then we had a three way match: Otis versus Daniel Bryan versus Xavier Woods, which mm. was a fan. Honestly, I thought mm. one of the best main roster matches this week. Agreed. Fantastic. Fantastic work. Great look worked. for Otis, too. We know those great other look. two guys can go, but it was great for him. I, I felt like Daniel Bryan was very generous in this match, where he was he was selling a lot for the other two guys. He was giving them, like, feeding a lot for them. Like, it was definitely, he was the guy that we know of the three of them. We know all of his stuff. We know Daniel Bryan is S-tier. But we don't know what we can get out of Xavier. Uh, we've never seen how far Xavier can go. We definitely have never seen how far Otis, Otis can go. And both of those guys looked fantastic in this match. Yes. Otis with a double suplex. I mean, come on. Great stuff. Talk all Great you want stuff. about how little those guys are, but they're not that little. That still takes some raw power to be able to do that. Well, and balance and all concentration. Uh, come on. That Core was no strength joke. of those guys to stay up in that vertical position as well. So, yep. Mm, yep. Bravo. Absolutely incredible. Incredible spot, incredible match, and Otis wins. Surprise win, uh, victory. Uh, the pin, he did not pin Daniel Bryan, though. He pinned Xavier, right. who was, I think, more vulnerable. But, uh, yeah, Otis with a big, nice look here, uh, which I think speaks poorly for his chances of picking up the titles on Sunday. Unfortunately, yes. Mm. But uh, that being said, good look for Otis here. This was a very fun match. If you watch one match on the main roster this week, it's going to be this or Finn Balor Nakamura, in my opinion. Um and the only other thing, other thing I have to say about this segment is uh, Rowan, Rowan Shirtwatch! Rowan Shirtwatch! Corpaclani going back to the well. I, I have not looked at the Rowan Shirtwatch database today, but I'm pretty sure he's worn Corpaclani 
before. I feel like we've said it before, and and I don't remember seeing it in the database, which is weird. It was one of those I haven't gone and checked. I'll have to update the Spotify playlist for everybody, but I feel like we've done Corpaclani before. We've absolutely done it. I've seen them live. They're a lot of fun. Uh, They were very, very high on cocaine (laughs) at that show. They were very animated, Uh, and I know this because they told us. So, (laughs) but they're a very fun, very high energy band. Anyway. Um, no Shane shoe watch this week. Unfortunately, I did not see any of those in the comments and I have no idea about sneakers. So sorry for the, uh, the kicks fans. Where are you at Gerardo? Shane shoe watch this week. <laughs> uh, but we did have a page watch page was back on TV with Ooh. the Kabuki warriors. <gasps> and apparently, uh, so the uh, Kabuki warriors of course won their match in Japan a couple of weeks ago. We were supposed to have a title match after that, which page pointed out to the iconics. They said, let's have it tonight. And the iconic said, no, <laughs> we're sick. <laughs> Can't have it. Paige goes off on them, calls them annoying, calls them fake champs, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Iconics, as far as I'm concerned, are another ones that can just, they, they crack me up constantly. They can do no wrong as heels for me. Um, I like the play where Paige, she said she had mad cow disease. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, they both said, what? Oh, what, yeah, what, what are you sick with? And, and uh, Billy Kay goes mad cow and, Peyton goes bird flu at the same time. It was a, <laughs> it's a mad cow bird flu. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. ticket. That'll yeah. get them. Yeah. Meanwhile, Asuka and, and Kyrie are just standing there staring at them awkwardly the entire time. Oh, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Dear God. Just, you know, think about it this way. Kyrie Sane should be Candice LeRae right now. Like Candice took Kyrie's spot in yeah. that feud with Io Shirai. And Shayna Baszler and everybody else down there. That could, like, Kyrie versus EO was the initial plan. And because Vince was like, I need all the talent right now, damn it. We suddenly have Kyrie in the main roster, like, oh, just stick her with the other Asian chick. And that's what happened. And here we are. And they're not even on TV. They're finally on TV after weeks. They're in a hallway. And they maybe, maybe have a match in a couple of weeks. In, in and a Paige, hallway. And, and Paige has more presence than, and in the hallway. And yeah. Paige has more presence and more TV time than they do. Good God. It's a travesty. <sighs> a travesty, Nick. Yes. Uh, that being said, one thing I'm hopeful for is the upcoming feud with Ember Moon versus Mandy and Sonya. Uh, more mean girl stuff. Ember and Mandy and Sonya were all in line at catering. Mandy and Sonya said, uh, we want to fight you again. Or Ember said, I want to fight you guys. And they said, cool, find a tag partner. And if you can't, we'll take you on two on one. And Ember said, I might just have to do that. Uh, where do you think this is going? Do you think we're going to see more Ember, uh, the little nerd Ember fighting back against the two mean girls? Mm. Is that what they're selling here? Yeah, but we, I mean, to what end? Again, I would not be mad at an Ember Moon and a Sonya Deville feud, but make it a feud. Let, like, let's go, right? Let's, let's actually have some stuff, not just backstage segments. Make it about something other than, you don't like video games. Well, Make make it about something that we can invest in. That's the one thing I that's missing. I was on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. You like Switch? Ooh. My name is Mandy. Okay. Come on, Ember. Don't you know the posh kids always win? So I, I hope this turns into something too. I hope they're trying to build up Ember so that she can end up taking on some sort of heel, uh, the champion, and that's what the point of this is. But uh, as you said, it remains to be seen. One thing that no longer is a mystery and no longer remains to be seen is. Alistair Black's opponent this Sunday at Elimination Chamber, or Elimination Chamber, Extreme Rules, Extreme Rules. I wish it was Elimination Chamber. That's always a better show. Uh, No, we found out who the the mystery opponent, the man who knocks, who knocked on Alistair's door, 
It, oh my God, Alistair, does he still look like an absolute psychopath to you too, with the way he's carrying on here? A little bit, but I, like, I, I kind of like how he reacted as the unnamed individual walked around the chair and paced around. And I actually thought it would have been a good idea to not reveal who it was and just have them mm-hmm, walk totally back safe. out. But you know what? Given who it was that they revealed, I think it was smart to reveal it now, yeah. so that people weren't disappointed on Sunday because they were disappointed here when they found out it was none other than. Cesaro. 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 I wasn't disappointed. Well, here's the problem. They've spent so long defining Cesaro down and making us forget that he's actually a world-class athlete, one of the most athletic dudes in WWE, and a genuine badass. Like, I think a lot of people were just kind of like, I wanted Bray Wyatt. I wanted Buddy Murphy. You know what I mean? Which, all right, fine. The problem is neither Buddy Murphy nor uh, Bray Wyatt can afford to lose, whereas Cesaro can. Let's, can let's remind people. Hang on. I want to do a little bit of history for a second, for about 60 seconds, because it's, it's worth reminding people who Cesaro is and where he came from, even just in WWE. At first, he was like a goon for Jack Swagger uh, alongside Zeb, Zeb Coulter, whatever the hell yep. is, and his little yep. car, right? Coming out as kind of a side act or a goon henchman sort of character. To help Jack Swagger, you know. Somehow the Swiss Superman teamed up with the real American, right? From that point on, he was just this kind of superstar, the solo guy that was out on his own, and just every match he had, he was ass-whipping people, doing well, remember, superplexes and like gut-wrench superplexes, crazy stuff. And then when he got the- tagged up with Sheamus, if you remember when that first happened, I just ratted all over that. I just thought it was the dumbest idea. And I, I, I wanted, I I wanted Cesaro to have his own solo push. So here's the thing. The things that you left out were that like he got a couple of different stop-start pushes. He, he won the first arm bar. Right. He tossed the big show over the top rope. Right. Uh, looked like he was ready for a push there. He became a Paul Heyman guy. Looked like he was ready for a push there. Nope, nope, didn't end up pushing him. Stop-start pushes right there. Uh, and then ended up becoming like a tag team wrestler, as you said. You know, the bar was the best thing that ever happened to him so far because it was a consistent push. He was a multiple-time tag champion with the bar. They looked like a legit threat a number of times. He had some great matches with the bar. And frankly, the thing between him and, and Sheamus, this, the best of seven falls, was great. That was a great idea. Uh, it, it showcased both of those guys and made us excited when they finally teamed up. It just took The problem is that they never put any – those two guys were what created the bar. They came up with the name, they came up with the entrance, and WWE still never put 100% behind that tag team. They still didn't even give them a proper entrance. They still had the two different uh, entrance themes clashing off of each other. They still couldn't get it right. So Cesaro has been done dirty the entire time he's in the WWE, in my opinion, with a couple of exceptions of like big moments. And I think this is, this is a train wreck waiting to happen here. And hear me out. Because Alistair Black has been done so dirty by this angle so far. To anyone who doesn't know who he is, he looks like an absolute lunatic. Um, very cringy. And you're looking at Cesaro and going, the heck is Cesaro? To, who, why should I give a crap if Alistair Black's going to fight Cesaro? Unless these guys come out on Sunday and absolutely beat the utter crap out of each other, this is going to be bad for both guys. Like yep. these guys have to come out and have a four and a half plus star match on Sunday for anything to like. Otherwise, it's it's this whole thing has just been a disaster. Here's the thing, I think they will. I, it's totally possible that they will. Um, 
I don't think they've faced each other one-on-one since WXW uh, a while ago, back before Aleister Black even had his tattoos. So it's been a while. Um, so I'm very curious to see. I mean, they're both fantastic workers. Do they have the ability to put on a great match? Absolutely. Will they? God, I hope so. I hope WWE lets them. Uh, it's not just like a throwaway pee break match. Yeah, so I, I don't yeah. think it will be. I, I think they've realized that uh, this is the singles debut, you could say, for Aleister Black. In, in, a, in a weird yeah. turnabout way, they're going to come out swinging with Aleister Black. God, I, I hope, hope so. they don't mess this up. I hope so because they're doing a great job with Ricochet. And so far to me, in my opinion, they've bungled Aleister Black. Completely bungled. This is going to be the, the tell. Whether, you know, I mean, otherwise they're going to take him back and reset him. Because it, this is this is terrible so far. I, I don't want to see um, him looking like a, a, a waiter that's doing shifts at Applebee's with Baron Corbin either. Please put him uh, in his gear. Give him his gear. Yes. Give him his gear. Give him the entrance and take away the damn creaking. Uh, we also have speaking of another match. We have Sunday Joe Samoa Joe versus Kofi Kingston. I thought last week after our little bit where Joe threatened Kofi's family and friends that this week Joe is going to wreak havoc, but no, Joe just sat backstage and. Cut another promo on Kofi, and Kofi cut a promo on Joe, and it was all a little bit underwhelming. Yeah. I, d- I hope this is just building for a multiple matches down the road, but if this is just a one-off on Sunday, then this has been a very underwhelming feud it's, so it's, far, in my it's opinion. It's for the Brock Lesnar cash-in. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> Hush. Hush. No, sweetie. No. You heard it here first. Hush your whore mouth. Uh, I, I, I disagree with them having there be words here and not actions. I know Kofi was slightly injured this week and couldn't be in action, although he will be in action for Sunday. Joe should have still run rampant through someone close to Kofi, I think. And unless they're, they've got all summer long plans for this and Joe's going to become a psychopath after this match on Sunday. Yeah. We'll see. But right now, I'm nervous. But uh, a couple more things on SmackDown. Ali got another badass parking lot promo. He's a master at these. Um, there, it looks like they're giving him kind of the Aleister Black treatment where you get promos for a long time and then you get back into action. Only the difference is, is Ali's doing it right. And finally, I don't know what they're doing with Shelton Benjamin, but uh, <laughs> he again was asked about the main event. Uh, this time, you know, what's going to happen between Dolph and Roman? And he just kind of went, huh? <gasps> and kind of looked around, hmm, hmm, uh, and looked around just really strangely again yeah. zach galifianakis in the hangover kind of thing you almost see like all the the mathematical the symbols swirling around his head yeah <laughs> i don't what's i first thought it was <laughs> they asked him about the match between joe and kofi and i thought they were gonna have some sort of interference with shelton but now they asked him about just like the main event on this show and he's like are what is the angle they're going for here nick what what in the world are they doing with Sh- shelton Benjamin. I actually thought Shelton might be the one who knocked on Alistair Black's door. I thought that would have been a great selection. Theory I've had the last couple of weeks, and I was proven wrong this week. Um, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, I actually thought there was an outside chance it could even be Ali um, if they wanted to introduce uh, Alistair Black as a heel. So also I, can't afford to lose, though. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah. That would have worked. worked. Shelton, worked. I think, could have afforded to lose uh, as this debut, and they would have put on an awesome match. Kind of uh, all he does these days, so yeah. yeah. Anyway, I don't know what's going on with Shelton right now. I don't know what the hell this is. <laughs> Me neither. I guess we'll have to wait and see, but one thing's for sure, 
It's very weird. Yes. And this Sunday promises to be weird as well because we have an extreme rules pay-per-view with very few extreme rules. <laughs> uh, looking down this, and it's just bizarre. We've got like two matches with crazy stiffs. The rest are just matches. Not very extreme at all, which is kind of sad. I'm kind of hoping Braun Strowman and Lashley saves us. But Nick, it's time to give our extreme rules pickums. Yes. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? All right, let's start at uh, what will probably be the top in the pre-show, and that yeah. is Drew Gulak versus Tony Nese once again for the Cruiserweight Championship. What do you see happening here? Does Gulak retain, or does Tony Nese get his title back? There's not much to say here. Gulak retains. He just got it, like, yesterday. So yeah. it's, there's, this isn't changing hands this fast. If they do 100%. that, it'll be at SummerSlam or something like that. 100% agreed. What do you think about uh, Aleister Black? Versus Cesaro. Alistair Black can't lose this. Or the, all you've been doing is a complete waste of time. Unless there's some weird angle where they're trying to just, I don't know, Kurt Hawkins him a little bit until he just absolutely snaps. I could I could write something like that in my head. And then that is the real, like the real dragon Alistair Black comes out of his, you know, his, his what do they call the, what do they metamorphosize? His carapace or whatever. Just, ah, he's, he's here. Right? What the hell? Yeah, dude. I mean, get supernatural with Alistair Black. He needs to be this crazy kind of character. They've got this opportunity with him. Well, he's anyway. not the real dragon. Shingo Takagi's over in uh, New Japan, sir. But uh, yes, I actually. So you're you're picking Alistair Black. Though. I'm picking Alistair because they're not smart enough to write something like that. I. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't. I think that I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with smarts. I think they're crazy enough. They might actually do this and have Cesaro win this. I'm actually going to pick Cesaro. I'm gonna. Whoa! This is my. This is my flyer. This is my flyer. Okay. Alistair Black. That's pretty should. extreme, sir. Alistair, I want everyone who hears this to hear me now. If next week this is one that I get wrong, I want you to know there's 100 percent they should have Alistair Black win this. Alistair Black should win this. I'm still picking Cesaro because <laughs> I think they're going to have Cesaro beat him. You know something I don't. I, <laughs> I think I think that Cesaro is going to. They're going to push Cesaro a little bit, get him feeling a little bit more legitimate. Uh, I have a feeling that Alistair Black is going to be a bit more of a project, given how much time they're spending on him and how weirdly they're presenting him right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're going for here, but there's something else going on with how they're presenting. As the only thing I can think. Yeah. There's some other plan with Alistair Black here. And I and it's they're playing five D chess with Alistair Black, and I have no idea what the heck they're doing, but it's weird. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna be weird. This is my one flyer on the show. I'm gonna take Cesaro. Mm, okay. Uh, moving on, Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the New Day versus Heavy Machinery for the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. Do Daniel Bryan and Rowan retain, or do one of the teams pick it up? I was leaning towards Heavy Machinery. Uh, until they gave Otis quite the push that they did, and it's it's it means one of two things: either they're not going to win, or they want they wanted to legitimize Otis and Heavy Machinery. A like, see, they bit. could win. Yeah. Uh, as they came down the ramp, they were having a lot of fun. They've got their blue collar tagline stuff worked out now. I I feel like they, they're yeah, they ready to put of, the belts on them. They got a bunch of catchphrases, don't they? Yeah. And none Take of them it. are really that good. That's, they're, that's, they're that's working the only it fun out. one. They're working you it can't, out. You can't put Tucky on a shirt. You can put I'm coming on a shirt, but then I don't know if that's PG. No, that's a New Day shirt. That's 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 Big E references. I'm just, that's, that's Otis. That's Otis's tagline. I'm coming! Okay. Something uh, that we thought only be Mandy my Rose flyer. I think Heavy Machinery gets the SmackDown Live. Oh, you're going with your boys. I you're am. You're going with this, your this boys. This is going to be my hey, flyer. 
Stick to your guns. Stick to your boys. They have been your boys ever since they first debuted in NXT. So I, I, I applaud you for sticking to your guns, yes. sir. Even though you're going to lose. Yeah. Uh, Usos versus the Revival for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Do you think the Revival retains or do the Usos pick it up? Um, I think the Revival are going to retain. This feels 50-50 coin flip-ish to me. Uh, I don't know if there's anything invested in this feud, but it's one of those that I don't really care. Turn these guys <laughs> loose and let them go because they're two of the better tag teams okay. in the world right now, and I, yeah. I'm not mad at it. Fair enough. I agree. I think Revival's retaining here. I think that I, I think that it would kill any momentum that Revival has and any kind of cachet that they have to take the titles off of them now. They need a signature win over a multiple-time tag team championship team um, like the Usos that needs to legitimize the Revival some more. They need this win. If you take the titles off of them now, I think it's going to be one of the bigger blows they've received as a tag team because where do they go from there? Yeah. Yep. Unless you hot potato the belts, and I don't think you should. And the do Usos that, so. will be fine. They've had it like twenty-seven times in the last two years. They're they're fine. Agreed. Yeah, exactly. They're fine. Just give us a good match, and we'll be satisfied. Yep. Uh, Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. This was the this is the odd one. Who's picking up of the belt? The two on one. Does Nikki promise that? Nikki said that Alexa had promised her that they would be co champions. Co champions. Uh, she gave him enough, but she couldn't refuse. Co-champions, <laughs> if she won this, if she if they won this match, do you think that Alexa and Nikki win this to be co-champions to advance the most interesting storyline in WWE, or does Bailey retain because Bailey really needs that rub to look like legitimate, which she hasn't in a long time? So this is where Nick's Nick's calculus starts going. Oh geez, right? All right, Shelton, come on, let's hear it. Uh, I think this whole thing with the co-champion thing. Uh, Alexa Bliss ends up backing out on that and saying, no, we won. I'm the champion. Of course. Right? That is going to turn... Bailey's going to go away. They're going to win. Bailey's, they're going to dethrone Bailey here. Ugh. Right? And then this is going to turn into an Alexa-Nikki feud. And very soon, we're going to put the belt on Nikki Cross. But I, I don't know what to call it. Alexa and Nikki win here. They, they, I don't know what that looks like, but Bailey does not retain the title. However you want to score that. I think that's way more interesting. I think yeah. that's a way more interesting choice is to have Alexa and Nikki take the belt and then find out how that works there. Um, that being said, I think Bailey also needs to stay looking legitimate. I don't know how you serve both masters here. Um, that being said, I'm, I don't feel confident enough in that to disagree with you. And in the spirit of giving you more Nia swag, I'm going to go with you and pick Alexa and Nikki as well. Mm. Um, but I think I also think Bailey's going to win here. So if we don't get this, then that's fine. Neither of us gets a point. But uh, I'm not risking it. I'm not risking it on this feud. Uh, I already took my damn flyer. C- couple Braun, weeks, couple weeks versus- Charlotte Brooke. Char- couple weeks, Charlotte Flair's going to be back from her next round of implants, and you know it's not going to matter anymore. Oh! She, she's going to have it again. So what, this is all fun, fun and fun and good for right now. She's too busy having Mexican food right now. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Hello. Braun Strowman versus Bobby <laughs> versus Bobby Lashley uh, in a last man standing match. Uh, who do you think is taking this one? That's a this is a big, big boys doing big boy things. This is this is mm, 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 Hoss mm. match for the for the ages right here potentially. Uh, this is one of the what two three 
Extreme Rules matches we've got on the whole yeah. card. <laughs> yeah, kind of. This stands they have to be the best one, potentially, unquote, uh, if they unquote, don't screw yeah. this up. Um, yeah. If, if they do this as big boy doing big boys, big boys doing big boy things, then this is going to be probably match of the night, in my opinion. It could be really, could really be. good. Um, but if they don't, if they don't do some crazy strength spots, it's just going to fall flat on its face. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick Braun Strowman here, just because. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because I'm a fan or a mark of his in any way. I would admit that. No, if, no, no, that, no, no. That's not, not why I'm picking. Him. I totally am, but that's not why I'm picking him. I just uh, I don't think uh-huh. Lashley is the right one to win this kind of feud, and I feel like this this is going to be the blow off of this whole thing. You literally have a Braun Strowman toy sitting on your microphone, and and Nia's got one too. Over here, on her neck, she has a bronze throwing on her neck. Yeah, it's a, it's a new well, bling. She's got a bronze medallion. Wow, that I I, I see it now. Uh, if you're not watching our live stream, uh, do yourself a favor, head over to youtube.com forward slash bwo, and you can see our our live stream and see Nick's bronze <laughs> Strowman necklace on Naya. If I gotta have uh, that big woman in my room, she gonna have some bronze Strowman on her. Hey, at least the relative sizes are accurate there. Uh, that being said, I would have to agree with you. Braun Strowman is picking this one up. They're, like I said, I, I really do think they're going to try and rebuild him. Uh, and one way to do that is have Lashley look like a, a monster of the last couple of nights and uh, and then have Braun come along and take him out. So yeah. I agree. Braun Strowman wins this match. Uh, and then what I think is going to be the match of the night, Ricochet versus AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship. Does Ricochet retain despite all of the dastardly deeds of the club? Or is he going to be a very short-reign uh, short champion and have his U.S. title taken by A.J. Styles? There's a lot of ways you could go with this, honestly. Mm, like oh, you, there sure are. If you think long-term, they could totally take this off and have A.J. A.J. was great as a U.S. champion over the last couple yes, of years. Yes, he was. Right? Yes, great was. run. Uh, yep. Open challenges, everything, right? The thing with Nakamura was eh, hit or miss, but whatever. Um I think there's two ways you could go about it. You could, you could take this off of Ricochet and really strap the Rockets to him and put him up with uh, in an Intercontinental feud or maybe even for the WWE Championship. Like You could really strap this, this kid to just the moon. AJ will be fine with the U.S. title. Or not that we're, not could, that we're partial to Ricochet here on the show. No, not at all. <laughs> or you could really cement his uber babyfaceness and never give up attitude by having him beat all three of these guys in this match. I am so torn on which way I want to go here because I think both are excellent stories for all guys included. Um, it's really going to just inth- just enthrall AJ in the club if they lose, and that's going to just amp this up even more. <sighs> what do you pick here, Nick? What do you pick? I'm going to stick with Ricochet. I think Ricochet retains. I think he gets, it just cements him as a super baby face. He's an excellent U.S. champion. He's a great kind of figure for what you want that U.S. title to be on, and it's just going to it's gonna embroil this feud even more. I think we get about half of what these two guys are capable of right here. I, I think so, too. I think this is absolutely going to continue. This is also going to be a wedding our palette uh, match, but I think to do that, you have to have Ricochet retain as well. Yeah. I think that uh, you could have Ricochet lose the belt and then chase AJ, but I think it's more engaged. I think this is going to end in a DQ, mm. frankly. Okay. Um, I think that I think Champions the club get involved. Then. Correct. Uh, ends with a DQ. Either either the club gets involved and they get themselves dis- disqualified, or Ricochet uh, gets himself disqualified. Either way, the belt's staying on Ricochet. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a good way to put it. I'm not finish. I'm not going to say it, to, it finishes clean. I'll, I'll, let's just say Ricochet retains. Ricochet retains. Yeah. Going with that, um, and the feud will continue. Roman and Undertaker 
versus Shane and Drew. The match that everyone is waiting for. Waiting to hear you announce it. Anticipating. Anticipating. I'm not a, no, I'm not doing it this week. I've already bored people with my Mike Rome impression. Uh, we are going to see the match that everyone's been waiting for. Undertaker finally returns to the ring with Roman Reigns, of all people, against Shane McMahon, who we just have not seen anywhere near enough of over the last few months, and Drew McIntyre, who I have to say has been doing some of the best work of his career, the most engaging, charismatic promos and monologues in recent memory. And, and by God, he's just being used so well. <sighs> okay, I'm calm. I'm calm. Uh, but who I, do you Ian, got what, here? Is, what is the stipulation of this match, if you don't mind me asking? <clears throat> well, Nick, this is a no holds barred. No holds barred, Hogan. You don't know. You don't know, Hogan. You don't know where Drew McIntyre will be. He could be anywhere. When there's rules, he's like a fish out of water. Oh, I was waiting for that throughout the whole show just to get to that point. Thank you very much for for making the show for me there. That was awesome. Um, Roman and Taker win. Roman and Taker win. Roman and Taker. Roman and Taker. Moving on. Kofi Kingston and Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. Uh, Who do you have in this one, sir? (sighs) Okay. Brock's cashing in. Because Samoa Joe is going to beat Kofi Kingston. <laughs> Samoa Joe is going to take the title off of Kofi Kingston. Brock Lesnar is going to cash in, attempt to cash in. Let me say that. And I think he's going to fail his cash in, and that's going to set up a feud, I believe, with Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. What? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm Samoa not quite Joe sure wins, takes the belt. This is one of my crazy uh, ones. Joe... And then Joe, I'll give you a. Joe's going to be. Think, I'll give you. I'll give you a plus one if Brock does cash in and take belt. I, so I don't think you, he's going to take possibly, the belt. I, I think oh. he's going to attempt to cash in. All right, I'm just going to say cash in. Whether or not he gets it or not, if Brock comes out and cashes in on this match, you will get a plus one, sir. Ooh. And I'm just going to take Kofi Kingston. Okay. Just keep it simple. Uh, Been long enough. And finally, it's a little long in the tooth. It's time to go. Finally, finally. <laughs> Finally, Seth and Becky, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Another match everyone's so excited about. Mm. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship and the Universal Champion- Championship both on the line. If uh, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans win, they both become champions. This is an extreme rules match. What does that even how that, mean? <laughs> how that's different from a no-holds-barred match? I don't know. You what don't kind know. of match? Extreme rules match. Oh, okay. not, a, not a... Yeah, no. Not a... Not a no hold barred okay. match. Just an extreme rules matchup. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if that means that I, I it's something you know. There is a difference between the two, um, where one you can be submitted and the other you can't. I think uh, I'd have to go actually look up the fake rules that WWE has, the made up rules that they make up for these matches. Yeah. So trying to define the two. No, and Michael Cole has to explain the, it to us on the spot. <laughs> And it doesn't matter anyway right. in the booking. Like the booking doesn't even doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, that's the match we have. Who's winning this? Is are Seth and Becky going to retain and send Corbin and Lacey packing, or what? Uh, they could have a lot of fun with this if they wanted to. They're not going could- to. Seth and Bucky, Seth and Becky are over over the moon right now. Uh, there's no way they're taking the titles off of them. They're going to win. I, I 
I, I hope they have a lot of fun with it, but there's no way in hell Baron and Lacey are taking these titles. Um, I am. Uh, You're going to do it, aren't this. you? I might. I You're might have do to, it. dude. I might just to have an entertaining weekend. And you know what? I I will even take I will take Tai Chi swag for this, just to gamble. Uh, I this might be the one that Brock attempts to cash in on. Okay, I like that we're gonna, we're doing different Brock cash ins. I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Brock tries attempts to cash in here. The question is, do I go all the way and say that Brock or Baron. ends up with the title? No, like Brock ends up with the title. Oh. Who wins, Becky, the, like, who wins where, the match, though? Because there's two titles here. There's two titles here. Right. And that's kind of what I'm, oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I see what you're doing. So, they, you know so I mean? they, maybe like, they retain, but he cashes in on a beatdown, Seth? Like, Brock comes in, interferes, because it's an extreme rules match. Brock comes in, interferes, causes Baron to beat Seth, and then Brock murders Baron. But Lacey also wins, and Lacey takes Becky's title. And Becky, and nothing to do with Becky. And she can't be mad at Seth, because he just got his ass kicked by, by Brock Lesnar. And they call me crazy. I'm going to do it. Screw it. Holy what I just smokes. said. That's what I just said. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I believe I'm, I'm my, go. my influence is beginning to wear off on Sir Ian Dangerous, ladies I, and gentlemen. I think you're right, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I feel this like is a PG such an show. I'm going to have to bleep right that out. Damn it. What? Beep. Well, they beep out bitch now on, on TV when they do the replays. Anyway, whatever. This not is going to be show. an we're interesting show, guys. We, we're, we're rated explicit on iTunes, man. We can say whatever the hell we want. Oh, we that's just true. Try to, we try to be nice guys most that's of the time, true. just in case you know, y'all are running around in your cars and you're listening, your kids are in the car. We don't want to freak out. We try to warn you. We drop the F-bombs right. for the most part. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to be a stupid a-hole. I, I'm already hating myself for this. I'm going <laughs> with Lacey Barron plus one to Brock Cash in. Oh, God. Oh, Nick, let's move on from this. It hurts too bad. It hurts too bad. Let's move on from this. We have tons more to talk about and not a lot of time, but we have got to go over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. Yeah, I think Will James said it best in the chat. Good luck figuring out the points on this one. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Nick, when, when we start going into NXT here, I want you to read... My opening note here, exactly as I wrote it. All right. <clears throat> this week on NXT, Io Shirai has gone full goddamn heel, and it's glorious. 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 <laughs> Actually, I think oh, I've even I've even got something for that. Oh, uh, do you? Oh, what? 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 <laughs> what? I didn't, I didn't even hear it. Did you not hear it? <laughs> no. What's what? Glorious. Oh, there it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> You and the starship howl over there. Hey, I got All it. right. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, Io Shirai came out. She's got a new entrance. She's got new music. She looks like she looked. She looked like she looked as Hitokiri in Lucha Underground. She looks awesome. She looks like a badass. She's got this new edge to her. Her new entrance music is banging, and it's scary, and it's dark. Everything was all blacked out except for the white font on her Tron. I was just like, oh yes. I love this yes. so much, Nick. <laughs> I love this so much. But you know, the best part about this is initially when they brought in these three women, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and Io Shirai, the, thing, the number one thing I was worried about was Vince McMahon and the fact that he does not know how to use Asian superstars, and he still doesn't, but that the worst thing you could do was have them be too similar. 
And if you are, they're going to they're gonna just fade into the background next to each other. What they've done brilliantly is give us three completely different people yeah. in Asuka, Io Shirai, and Kyrie Sane. I'd say Kyrie and Asuka kind of straddle a similar line, but Kyrie never had the absolute dominance of Asuka. And Asuka definitely has more of a, frankly, a queenly or empressly presence than Kyrie, who's much more of like a little anime character. Can I break- and now Io Shirai looks like a, just a psycho ninja killer. Can I break in on you here for one little piece of uh, kind of breaking news? Knock yourself out. Um, since you brought up Asuka, I do want to share this uh, with the show. A uh, friend and moderator of the group, Jared, uh, sent something to me this week that said, so while they were in Singapore recently, Asuka and Kyrie did an interview. One of the people asked Asuka uh, if we would ever see a return to the evil Kana face paint. <gasps> they said she just stopped, gave an evil smile, and said there's a lot of good things in the works for the near future. Oh. Give us uh, evil Kana! <laughs> I don't know if y'all can see this on the webcam, but I just got goosies. I got goosies up, up, down my arms. I got goosies all over. Yes! Yes! Yes, please. Obviously, you know, whenever you say there are plans for something in WWE... Let's all say it together, just like Uncle Dave. Uh, 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 plans change. Right. But uh, don't you tease me, Oscar. Don't you tease me. Mm, okay. Well, I didn't mean to derail move. there, but I thought that was pertinent to bring up in that I'm, line of dialogue. I'm derailed for the rest of the day. I'm going to be thinking about the possibilities. <laughs> Moving on uh, on NXT, Damian Priest versus oh. Blanco Loco. Okay. You know, Blanco Loco. Crazy white. Uh, I, what famous if, famous tag team champion from WXW and ACW. Right. Sure. Um, I I'd never seen him without his mask on before. He's Blanco? a white guy. Yeah. He's a white guy. He's very much Blanco. He's very Blanco. Uh, but he ha- he got murdered by Damian Priest as he should. Um, who God, I love the presentation. I've loved Punishment Martinez ever since Ring of Honor. I've always thought he was a superstar. I thought he was awesome. I love what they're doing with him in NXT. Put him. In the title picture on the main roster right now. Yes, just he's he's ready. We don't just, need all of the we don't need all the funny business and all the steps to get there. Just he's ready. Rockets, rockets. Please on let him do man. lots of promos with that voice. Give give him all of the promos. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to kill you. Like my soul I, I was kind of removed from my body this week. <laughs> just oh my god, that guy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Would you like to see some wrestling? Oh. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to so much more Damian Priest. Give give it all to me. Who do you think his fe- first feud's going to be with, though? That's my mm. real question. Don't come back to me on that one. Uh, I'll throw okay. a Velveteen Dream in there, maybe? Uh, that would be fun. That'd be fun. I don't know if he's quite Both on... Very theatrical kind of characters level or yet. archetypes. Yeah, yeah, see that'd that. be fun. Uh, I, I have a feeling, depending on what DiJack's return timetable is... Uh, we could see uh, Priest and Kushida, Priest and uh, Keith Lee, someone like on that level. Yeah. I wouldn't oh. be mad. Someone, hopefully, that, that oh. they can have Priest beat so he looks good going forward. But, yeah, uh, not Keith Lee then. Maybe the winner of the breakout tournament, which we also saw another chapter in this week. We saw Jordan Miles, former ACH, versus Boa, who I, we've seen Boa on TV once or twice before. 
but I didn't was know he a in whole the lot CWC? about him. He was not. He was actually one of the uh, the Chinese guys that they they hired uh, back in 2016. He was one of the uh, the seven Chinese guys. Uh, OWE guys. Very, well, they no, they weren't OWE. They were actually just from different. They, they, they went looking for guys in China. They thought were gonna they would be trainable. And um, he was a uh, he was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. Hmm. He was a purple belt. Um, he won uh, he won some big tournament back in 2016, and uh, he also won a or he was in the submission wrestling world championships, the ADCC, yeah. back in 2013. So he's got a long history of mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So he's a He's a talented dude. He's very athletic, and he showed that in this match. The guy is the guy's really good. I think he's got to work on his ring presence, uh, Boa. But I think that he's got all kinds of talent and possibility. Uh, I see why they put him in this. I see why you know they decided that he was going to be in this of all people. Yeah. Um. So he was really good. But the problem is they put him in this with freaking ACH with Jordan Miles, um, who has just has been freaking everywhere he's been all over the world man he's been in new japan mlw impact dragon gate czw uh when i say ring of honor i've seen him in pwg noah like he's literally been everywhere he's been doing this for 13 years already like he's already virtually a a, a freaking uh yeah he's been around for a while (laughs) i'll put it that way and it showed in this match. He he is he got, he's got everything. He is Apollo Cruz if he had a personality, like he's but even bouncier. He's fantastic. I I I said he was my pick to win the whole thing. This just proved it even more. This mm. match. So I, Nick, I believe this is your first time setting eyes on both these guys. What did yes. you think? Uh, I thought it was fantastic. So I'm I'm I, so far this breakout tournament almost like the CWC. Lights uh, we're, out. We're seeing a lot of new faces, and not one of them has underperformed. Agreed. So I, I am all eyes on, on the uh, the breakout tournament right now, breakout stars tournament, uh, because I am. If what we've seen so far is any indication, the future is bright for for NXT for sure. A lot of guys. No wonder they had to do this tournament if they have this much talent just sitting in the wings. Yeah. And was Regal to supposed to just pick? You know, at, at the end of the day. <laughs> let yeah, let them pick themselves. Right. Let, let them fight. Let them fight. Let them fight. Next week, we've got uh, in the breakout tournament, we have Dexter Loomis versus Bronson Reed, uh, former Jonah Rock. That should be a very interesting Haas match, Nick. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, think, I think you will like that. People, y'all don't know, Jonah Rock does some big boy things, and he's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think, Loomis or Reed, who do you think is advancing to face Trevor Lee? I'm going to go Bronson Reed. I am too. I'm, I'm biased. I have to pick him. I have to pick him. I'm biased. I don't know enough about Dexter Loomis. Um, but then between Trevor Lee and we're saying Bronson Reed, do you, who do you think goes on to the finals, Reed or Lee? Um, you know, you could pick either one. I think Trevor Lee's got a lot of Daniel Bryan-ness to him in a, in a, in a way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, he also because looks he's a little scruffy? bit. Looks a little, he's, he's, you know, tiny and sparky and does some crazy stuff. But he's also got some big striking abilities. I'm I'm a fan of his. So okay. let's see what he does with a big boy. You know, okay. I I'm with I'm yeah I'm looking forward to seeing that match. If it if it is against uh, Bronson Reed, I think they'll put on a good match. They've they've faced off before, so I look forward to that. But um, you know, as I said before, we've got uh, Miles versus Garza, 
Oh, God, we're going to get Garzadong back. Hashtag Garzadong. It's back. Hashtag Garzadong. Oh, it's back. It's going to be back in two weeks. Oh, God. <laughs> hide your wives. Hide your sisters. Hide your mothers. Garza Jr.'s back. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to end up as Lee versus Miles in the final, and I think, I think Miles has taken it. That's my, that's my prediction, um, just based on their experience in the ring, how ready they are to go. So that's, that's, my, that's my thoughts. Uh, Nick, we mentioned earlier that we had a Street Profits tag team title match against uh, Birch and Lorcan against the Brit Am Brawlers. Mm. And mm, delicious. Delicious. That is absolutely a must-watch match for this week. Yeah, if you, if, you did, if you don't watch NXT on the regular, just go find this match. I think it's on YouTube by now or it's on the network. Just go, just go watch it. It was about so you know a 20-minute match. It? They beat the hell out of each other. They beat the hell out of each other. They all got spots. They all looked good. Uh, and at the end, there was no interference. There was no run-ins. It was a straight-up pinfall. And yet both teams looked monstrous coming out of it. They both looked amazing. That's good tag team booking. Yep. Right there. I love that Dawkins was showing some more character, uh, you know, running his mouth while getting a guy in a headlock. Uh, I forget who it was. I believe, I believe it was um, Danny Burch. He had a headlock and he was, giving, he was just talking crap to him. No, it was Lorkin. <laughs> Excuse me. It was Lorkin. He's like, oh, we going for a spin now, Loney. Uh, loved it. That's great character work. When you're on a team with someone like Montez Ford, you need to up your game in terms of the personality department. And, that's and, what, and even that's Dawkins good, has come a long way for that. That's matter. what I'm saying. Dawkins has come a long way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Oh, I thought you were talking Dawkins. about the other guys in the match. No, I, I completely agree with you. We're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. No, Birch and Lorcan are just there to be hard asses, but Dawkins has got to step up his game when he's next to someone who's just, you know, red hot superstar like Montez Ford. So good job for him. Great match. Check that out. Couple other NXT things. Velveteen Dream had a press conference, which was hilarious. Did Velveteen Dream things and shrugged off the possibility of Roderick Strong being his next challenger for the North American Championship. Mm. So here we have the Street Profits disposing of another team, which means the only major team in NXT that they could possibly face next is the Undisputed Era. And we have Velveteen Dream potentially going into a feud with Roderick Strong. And Adam Cole is currently the champion. And we're about halfway through the year, Nick. Is it possible that two-thirds of the way through this year we could see the prediction coming true and the Undisputed Era is draped Head to toe in all of the NXT gold. The prophecy will be fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> Prophesize. Prophesize. Uh, I believe so. Uh, I I think it was early to make that claim, but I and, and it's funny they spent the first six months uh, of the year making that claim. But and it got derailed by injuries yeah. and call ups. Like they have been navigating through some chop to get here. But here we are, looking like that's what's going to happen. It looks like uh, we were right. Mia Yim will be facing Shayna the next takeover. All these matches are starting to fall into place. Shayna yeah. gave a, a promo saying, doesn't give a crap about Mia Yim. Everyone's got a sob story. Boo-hoo. I'll still kick your ass. And uh, finally, our boy Keith Lee had a little promo saying, yeah, my first year was not everything I wanted it to be, but I'm coming out stronger, and I'm going to come back, and, and I'm going to be limitless. But the best part about this whole bit, Nick, he was wearing a... Keith Lee, King of Saiyans t-shirt that was based on the New Japan shirt, only it had the, the giant monkey from Dragon Ball Z oh. in the center. My nerd heart was a flutter. My nerd heart was a flutter. Calm yourself. Uh, I, I can't help it. I love that shirt. <laughs> I love that shirt. Um, well, next week we're getting but, Kushida and Apollo Crews, uh, as well yeah. as an unnamed opponent for Adam Cole. That's going to be a squash match. Yeah, I agree. I I feel like TakeOver is starting to take shape. We're about three weeks out, I believe now. 
Uh, if I'm doing my math right, three, maybe four weeks. Maybe, maybe a full month. I think it's August 11th, August 10th for TakeOver. Uh, I know Slammer Slam's August 11th. Anyway, um, I, I just I feel like that this is starting to take shape. I think you're right. Fish and O'Reilly go for the titles against the Street Profits. Uh, we're going to get Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong, Shane Mia Yim. There's all there's all and uh, and Dream and Roderick. I said that already, but yeah, that's it's yeah. all starting to take shape. So I, I hope that Fantastic. they stick with this. Uh, that's a great card. If it is leading into Takeover, just keep yeah. building it. Good start. Keep having EO come out every single week <laughs> with that new entrance. Good God, man! Absolutely, oh. Psycho EO is is mwah. Mm. I like it. I like it. Mm. Uh, other things I like though are. New Japan G1. Nick, we've got so much still to get to because we got to talk about New Japan, AEW's fight for the Fallen, which is this weekend, and Impact's anniversary. So much left to go through in the wide world of wrestling. Let's go to New Japan first. The G1 has started. G1 was in Dallas, Texas this last week, and we had the first series of matches from the A block in the G1. Uh, and Nick, let's run it down real quick. We had Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer. Uh, I'm going to say this right now, and please chime in i didn't know lance was coming out hard like this lance archer came out in his home state of texas with a new look shaved the sides of his head uh looked like an extra from the road warrior came out and this six foot eight monster put down will osprey like a dog like he beat will osprey pillar to post he walked he did an old school uh, top rope ring walk all the halfway around the damn ring uh, the two of them did a top rope Spanish fly, and he pounced Will Ospreay so hard. Will Ospreay went. It was. It was like a Keith Lee pounce. It was. This was a showcase for Lance Archer. And finally, the other thing he did, by the way, was get over with that crowd by using the claw, by getting that claw out there, a little Texas tornado action. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was. That was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, a that six was foot eight man did a top rope Spanish fly. I just want to call that out again. A six foot eight giant man yeah. did a top rope Spanish fly. These guys, these guys came out balling. Yeah, this was one of my. This was arguably my favorite match of the night. At least one of they were. They were all pretty good. Frankly. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I I would love to see more Von Eric stuff from Lance Archer. Um, and also, he beat Will Osprey. Will Osprey was a lot of people's picks to win the uh, the block. You know, and the the thing I think that that needs to be considered if you picked Will Osprey is. He's a junior in New Japan. They are booked to be weaker than the heavyweights. Yeah. So he's going to have to fight upwards this entire tournament. I don't think he's going to make that many points. And I think that's I the, think that's that, totally the point is to have him lose right. his first one, be in the hole, and work, fight his way upwards. And it just gives him that much kind of steam going in as that as that role. Sure. And also, no one picked Lance Archer to do a damn thing. No, like he was not on anybody's radar. I think we mentioned in our preview show that he could be a sleeper. And show up and just spoiler. dominate yeah. people. A total spoiler. And come in and just dominate. But I don't think a lot of people looked at him and saw that. They were like, who the heck is this guy? He was in well, Killer Week. Lance Archer that showed up is the not, one, not the one we were thinking was we were talking nope. about before. <laughs> Surprise twist. Lance Archer is going to be a monster in this tournament. This was a brilliant opening match for the whole G1. If this is the tone that they're setting, it's going to be a good year. Yeah. Uh, we did Watch have a out, bad block. <laughs> we did Lance have a, a typical... Coming. Typical bad luck Fale match versus Evil after this. It was just lots of hard hits. Kind of a, yeah. get ready. Fale is not a very exciting wrestler in the G1. He's just no. there to, to hurt people. But then we had a brilliant technical match between Zack Sabre Jr. and the one guy who can actually kind of match him. Technical hold for technical hold. And that's Sonata. And this was just a clinic from both of these guys with, uh, with Sonata picking up the win. 
the shock went over Zack Sabre Jr. in the end, which I thought was not, this, this was a sleeper match for me. This was fantastic. Oh, yeah. This, um, this one, had, I slept on this one, too. This one snuck up on me. For I slept on Shin, Sonata, frankly. I, yeah. we, know Zach, we know ZSJ is great at this kind of stuff, but holy smokes. The smoke. problem with Sonata is he is just so kind of cool and collected. He doesn't jump out at you, yeah. but then he starts wrestling. You go, oh, my God, this guy is good. So, yeah. And then we had a Kota Ibushi versus Kenta in the who can kick harder match. And I don't think Ibushi's kicking anybody else for the rest of this, this tournament because he went out of the ring and turned his ankle pretty bad mm. at one point in this match. I posted the, the Twitter pic of his ankle, and it's, it is just seven shades of black and blue. And he even said he couldn't walk 30 paces on it the day after the match. So he's got a whole nine more matches to get through. I've, I've, I've twisted my ankle like that before. Uh, many, many times it's, they swell up, they bruise like that, but they go away in about a week. I think he might be okay. Tape, oh, yeah. it, up well, really, gonna... tape it up really good. Take some ibuprofen and we yep. know he can, we know he can withstand some punishment. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to put him out yet. He, he is superhuman. I, he's your pick to win the whole thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he lost to Kenta in the first match. Do you think that was the right thing to do to have Kenta win here? No, really? No. I, do, I fully I do think not. this is the right thing. I, I think, think it might have been a right. hot shot call in the middle of it because Ibushi got hurt, frankly. Really? No, I absolutely... They had to put Kenta over, and you have to have him beat a top guy so that he now becomes a threat for the rest of the G1. If he sure. can't beat Ibushi, who, he's got to face Okada, Tanahashi, Osprey. This guy's got to go through some serious names to get that. He's smaller than Osprey. He's going to face Lance Archer and Bad Luck Fale. He's got... And Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr., You've got to have Kenta go over here. Ibushi will survive. He can lose a match and still run the rest of the, of the card and still win. I absolutely think it was the right decision to have Kenta win here. I think it was a mid-match decision because he hurt himself. He was, and, okay. they, and, and you don't know what happens. You, you don't know how bad it is to get in the back and take your boots off. You know? Yeah, well, he definitely was barely able to put weight on, it, on yeah. that angle for the rest of the match. Yeah, it was but, scary looking. And then we had, we had another, uh, another match in the one of the greatest feuds of all time, Tanahashi and Okada. Uh, was not, I would say, a classic match that will be remembered as one of the, the main matches of their long-term ongoing feud. But what it was was Okada, I think, finally putting Tanahashi in his brake lights. He beat him clean. He beat him fairly easily. Uh, usually, you know, in his, Historically, they usually, I think, more often than not, go to time limit draws in the G1, the two of these, these two guys. This year, Okada just wiped the floor with Tanahashi. Here's an interesting thing. I went back and watched this match in the Japanese commentary with subtitles. Nice. Uh, it was a completely different match experience. And I because encourage they, anybody they that watched the... the yeah, because Kevin Kelly and Don Callis can only get you know so animated, you know, uh, but... Okada, Rainmaker! You just hear those yeah. guys going nuts. And it was like yes. watching a completely different match. So I encourage anybody that was kind of bored with this match or wasn't that excited about it uh, outside of the fact that it was the two of the bigger names in, in New Japan in the past decade, go back and watch it with Japanese commentary. Don't, you don't have to bother with the subtitles. You know exactly what they're doing. But It is a little bit next level to, to watch the New Japan matches with the Japanese commentary, yeah. but I agree. It's, it's, it's a bit, you have to have a bit more of a refined palette to be able to watch it but, the, but absolutely in terms of the animation and the excitement and the thrill and calling the moves correctly they are lights out they're they're way better than kelly and, and callus who are fantastic announcers by they're the great. way yeah. and they do a great job of if you've never watched new japan before they'll get you up to date they will give you the information you need to watch the match and enjoy it 
the, the, the New Japan announcers would give you so much more. But there's uh, something about Japanese said, guys just yelling at you constantly oh, that just amps you up. and They uh, get fired. They get fired up, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Yep. It's like watching a, a soccer game with, with Spanish announcers, and you, know, you, don't got, you don't have guys in English commentary going, goal, the way that they do in, in Spanish. I'm, it's, I'm just saying. It's like that. Uh, but, Nick, we got to roll here. Updated thoughts on Block A. Did any of this change any of your opinions on who's doing what in Block A, or was Lance Archer the only real big kind of like jump out breakout here? That you just said it. Yeah, Lance Archer was the only real unexpected thing. I didn't expect Ibushi to uh, to lose to Kenta right off the bat. I expect Kenta to play spoiler in a few matches in the A block, but I, I didn't expect him to beat Ibushi here right out of the gate. Um, I expected Ibushi to basically dominate the A block this year and just run the card. You know, yeah, but it looks him like twisting his happening. ankle, I think, threw a threw a, a wrench in that, so to yep. speak. I'm going to run through the rest of New Japan here. Uh, we've got I, I, there was a couple of tag matches before all of this. The only yeah. real standouts to me in that was Jeff Cobb and Ishii. Mm-hmm. Are look like they're, they look like they're ready to kill each other. Ishii drew blood from Jeff Cobb. Cobb looks like very fierce. That's going to be awesome. They've built Let that matchup fight. wonderfully. <laughs> Let them fight. Um, Goto went and got jacked. He got ripped uh, working with Shibata here at the LA Dojo. He's coming back and him versus Jay White. I'm now psyched for that after their tag match with Yoshihashi and, and uh, Chase Owens. And then, uh, yeah, that was, that was to me, those are the real standouts from the tag matches. We've got some more G1 action coming up this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Mm. One, two, three, back to back. We hope you like good wrestling because uh, on Saturday at, uh, well, at 6.30 Japan time, we've got Juice Robinson versus Shingo Takagi. Ishii versus Cobb, Toru Yano versus Tetsuya Naito to open B block, Goto versus White, and John Moxley is taking on my least favorite wrestler in New Japan, Taichi, and I hope he absolutely murders him. I can't wait for that. Now, what are you going to uh, do if Taichi pulls off another win against Moxley? You're not going to want to be within a 30-foot radius of me if Tai Chi beats Moxley. <laughs> uh, a Block's coming back on Sunday. You've got Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr. Yes, the one guy who's got Okada's number, Zack Sabre. I can't wait. Tanahashi versus Kenta. Right, right off the... We're, we're getting that right away. Uh, you've got Ibushi versus Evil, Osprey versus Sonata, and Archer versus Bad Luck, Fale. Big Boys versus Big Boys for A Block on Sunday. B Block on Monday... You've got Juice Robinson versus Hiroki Goto, Ishii versus Jay White, Toroyana versus Shingo Takagi, Cobb versus Moxley, mm. and Naito versus Taichi. So, great stuff. One quick other thing about New Japan. They did announce there's going to be three shows in September here in the U.S. Uh, Lowell, Massachusetts is getting the first one on the 27th. Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City on Saturday the 28th. That's going to be Tiger Hattori's retirement party. That's mm. going to be a very emotional night. I'm looking forward to that show out of the all three. They're also doing the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia on the 29th. And all those tickets will go on sale Friday, July 26th, if you live in any of those towns. Nick, lots more to do. Not a lot of time. Let's head over and talk about AEW. Fight for the Fallen is this Saturday. Want to do some pickums? Uh, sure. Why not? This Why is, not? This is, uh, what is, is this like a... This is like a, it's not a B level show, but it's like a. Is, what is the purpose of this show? Is there any story behind all of this, or just uh, a lot of these don't really have story. A lot of these yeah. are exhibitions, not really stories, but they're going to be fun matches. Um, some of these have just been announced before the show today. Sunny Kiss versus Peter Avalon, another librarian match. Ooh, I can't freaking wait. Yeah. I loved how the Bucks doubled down on the librarian gimmick on being the elite this week, where they're yeah. basically was winking at the camera and going, "We know it sucks, and we're comparing it to Baron Corbin." Ha <laughs> ha, get it. 
So I don't know. And we'll we'll see. Do you, uh, who do you think's winning this? Avalon or Kiss? Kiss. Agreed. I think that the the librarian gimmick is intentionally horrible, and they're just going to lose the whole time. Yep. Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, and Darby Allen versus Sean Spears, MJF, and Sammy Guevara. That's going to be on the pre-show, the buy-in. Uh, who do you have winning? Which team is winning this match? Um, hmm, you could pick either one, frankly, but I'm going to go Spears, MJF, and Guevara. I'd have to agree. I think they're going to hype up Spears before he has his uh, big feud with Cody, so I yep. think that they're going to put the shine on him here. Kenny Omega versus Shima. Mm. That's going to be on the main card. Who do you think is picking this one up? You, know, you could go both ways there again, but I'll pick Omega. I'm going to pick Omega. I don't think there's no two ways about it. They're keeping him hot. He's got to pick up wins. Wins and losses matter in AEW. That means Omega's got to win this one. SoCal Uncensored, which is Kazarian Sky versus the Lucha Brothers. Will the Lucha Brothers finally pick up a win mm. in AEW, or will their, their uh, non-exclusive contracts cause them to lose to SoCal Uncensored? I think uh, we, are, we are seeing a lot of SCU in and around AEW, and I think those guys are, gonna be, are kind of made men. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, to go back to Godfather references. Um, oh, no. I, so I'm going to pick SoCal Uncensored. SCU in the house. Wow. All right, dude. Yep. That's a, a bold a bold pick. Yep. Brandy Rhodes versus Allie. Who Wait, you what about this you? One? Who are you picking? Oh, Lucha, Lucha Brothers. Oh, okay. I got to pick my... I got to... Hold on. Oh, it's, oh, you, it's, oh, you can't see it. You can't see my, my signed Pentagon Junior mask up there on the wall. Uh, yeah, Lucha Brothers. Lucha Brothers. Settle Miedo for life. Uh, Brandy Rhodes versus Allie. Who do you have here? Uh, Brandy Rhodes. Really? All yeah, right. It, it, I'm, that, I'm, that, that pre-show match last time, was that just last week? No, two weeks ago. That was just, that was, yeah. Was that really just yeah. last weekend? <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I think Brandy's going to win this one. Okay. I, I actually think that uh, Allie's winning this one because Brandy's going to be more of a authority figure. And so I think she's going to be there to put over people. Sure. So I, I think, I think Allie's going to take this win here because here, wins and losses, matter uh we know that Britt baker and bia Priestley are going to be in action uh Priestley for the first time we don't know against who we don't know if they're both going to be having squash matches against uh, enhancement or or what's happening they're not fighting each they, other well that's my thought is like, why not just have them fight each other okay so i have i have it here Britt baker versus bia Priestley. if they do end up fighting each other who do you think wins here uh Britt baker I, I I would have to They're agree. They're setting her up to be like the big women, the Charlotte Flair of AEW, so to speak. Possibly the first champ, yeah. first female champ. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I I think that Bia is going to be there in the mid card for the women at least for a while. So yeah. I agree, Britt Baker here. Uh, Dark Order mm. versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus Angelico and Jack Evans. Who is picking up the win here? This one's tough because I'm a big fan of Dark Order. I'm also a big fan of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Uh, <laughs> and I also kind of love the high-fly craziness of Angelico and Jack Evans. Sure. So I, this is a three-way coin flip for me. Uh, I'm going to pick Dark Order because okay. they've got that presence and it's just they, they've, they've been involved in both pay-per-views so far. Yeah. I, in, I, in I, a, I, I think they're gonna, that's, this is where they're going to stamp them as a, as a legit team in contention. Well, I'm not even a legit team, but a force. You know, yeah, they can they fast. can summon all these guys to the ringside. I think it's going to be one of those ones where they absolutely wipe the floor. There's probably going to be a match for a while, and then at some point, Dark Order summons their goons and just wipes the floor with everybody else. So they need to establish that they're strong. The only other thing that they could do here is have one of the other teams win, but then have Dark Order just spoil the ending and and you know wreck everybody and look strong even in defeat. Yeah. So, but I think Dark Order should actually pick up the win here and just look absolutely terrifying 
going into TV. We also have the young, probably the most famous match on the card, Young Bucks versus Cody and Dustin Rhodes. Because Cody doesn't need a best friend. He needs his older brother. <gasps> I don't need a partner. <gasps> I don't need a friend. <gasps> I need my older brother. <laughs> the tears are coming. <laughs> Do you think uh, the Bucks are taking this or, or Cody and Dustin? I don't know. Does Cody just put Dustin down here? Like I thought that's what that other match was. I didn't realize they'd be bringing Dustin back. Right. Uh, I, I wonder what this is going to be because I think Dustin is down to do more with AEW. So do they create a story ongoing between Cody and Dustin where they, 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 they don't communicate in this match and something happens? Um, that's, my, that's my pick. I'll say that right now. I think the Young Bucks win here, yeah, uh, pick up another victory, and Cody and Dustin either have a falling out or something happens where Dustin needs the pin and Cody's disappointed and we have more going forward with those two guys. Thank There's you. more tension. You read, you read my mind. Young Bucks win. Cody and Dustin continue to have another program. Uh, maybe at All Out or something like that. Booyah. Yep. Booyah. I, you, you put on a five-star match. Don't let that go away. Come no. back to it. Yep. Hangman Page versus Kip Sabian. Mm. Who do you think is picking this one up? Uh, Roman Reigns. I, I mean, Hangman Page. Yes, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> uh, the Roman Reigns of AEW. Hangman Page. Had to keep him strong. Yep. Lol. Lol Page wins. <laughs> yes, Lol Absolutely. Page. Lol Page wins. Uh, and then finally, we know Jericho will have a live mic. We don't know what that means, but he will be at the show. He'll have a live mic, possibly interfering in the Page and Sabian match. Uh, that'd be the only way I see Sabian winning is if Jericho interferes and costs Hangman Page the match, which is possible. But yeah, I missed Y2J match. Jericho on the mic. I'll say that. So it's I'm in, I'm intrigued that he might have a mic here the whole t- the whole uh, show. Anytime that Jericho has a mic, it's yeah. time to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, so we have less time for Slammiversary than I would have liked. Nick, to put it mildly, but I'm going to run through it really quickly um, because there's really one match in particular we have to talk about. Yes. Because Willie Mack beat uh, TJP, Trey, and Jack Christ, which was a fun match. The North defeated the Rascals, LA's own the Rascals, and mm-hmm. LAX to retain their tag belts. Eddie Edwards defeated Killer Cross in a first blood match, as we predicted. I did not predict how they were going to draw first blood because Eddie Edwards broke his kendo stick in half and stuffed it down Killer Cross's throat until Killer Cross spat up blood. I've never seen that before. That was awesome. That's ECW, a good first blood match. ECW, ECW. That's good stuff. <laughs> uh, speaking of ECW, RVD had a match against Moose. He did not win, but we got to see lots of RVD things. He can still do it. He can still do it. Uh, but Moose did take him out with a spear. Taya uh, retained her women's championship against Rosemary. Jessica Havoc and Sue Young in a Monsters Ball match. I wish it, I wish it had been an actual Monsters Ball match. This was essentially just a hardcore match or like yeah. a, a Extreme Rules match. DQ kind of thing. Yeah. An, actual, an actual Monsters Balls mat, Ball match, you're supposed to be chained up in a room for 24 hours before the actual match. And no, no food. Uh, you know, just, just, you're just, <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Because it was created by Abyss. And that was, that was kind of the storyline there. Oh, my God. Okay. So that's what a Monsters Ball match was. was it was... Yeah, anyway. That sounds like a plot for a Saw movie. Well, that's kind of what that's what Abyss was for a while. Wow. But uh, at any rate, yeah, th- this was, however, really, really freaking brutal. Like, these girls did not hold back. There was thumbtacks. There was blood. There was all kinds of gnarliness. Way gnarliness. to go, ladies. There, there was a stomp onto thumbtacks from the second turnbuckle. Oh. Like a face stomp. Oh, Jesus. It was brutality. If there's a second match to watch from this... It's this one, because just because it was insane. If there was a third match, it'd be Rich Swan versus Johnny Impact, 
which was just amazing physically, athletically. Uh, but Rich Swan did retain his X Division belt. Not surprising because supposedly Johnny Impact is leaving Impact and going somewhere else. Johnny Impact AEW! You heard it here first! So is his name going to be you Johnny Elite now? Probably. Yeah. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I do too. Um, I Keep it going. Uh, you also had Brian Cage retaining his title against Michael Elgin. Big boys doing little boy things. Lots of flips and crazy high flying in this match. Actually, really crazy match, but very entertaining. The only thing really to note about this was after the match, we got some uh, gores, uh, excuse me, uh, spears from a masked figure who came out and wreaked havoc. Rhino appears to be now back in impact. So, interesting. Cool. Cool. Rhino, Elgin, and Brian Cage all in the ring together. Mm, that's a lot of meat. That's a lot of beef. A lot of meat in here. A lot, a lot of, of beef lot of in meat. here. <laughs> and finally, the match we have to talk about was the first main event intergender match, and that was Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard. Um, another incredibly brutal match. Baseball bats. No, like they did. There was no. There was no, <laughs> Sammy Callahan did not take it easy on old Tessa. Oh. I'll put it that way. He 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 beat the crap out of her. She beat the crap out of him. This this actually felt like if you were to envision an inter- an intergender match uh, where it was equal in terms of punishment given and punishment taken, and you actually felt like they both could at any point beat the other. This was it. They did. I think they did a pretty good job. Um, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I think it, it's either your thing or it's not. It's either you can get past that a man is laying hands on and beating up a woman um, because of the auspice of sports entertainment or it being a sporting event or she's choosing into it uh, or whatever it is. Either you can wrap your head around that and you're okay with it or you're not. And if you're not, do not watch this match. I'm, I'm, an, you, I'm a good are, old weird southern gentleman where the, I don't know if I can watch this, to be honest with you. I, and I, full I disclosure, I've not it. watched it yet. It's, it was on my list for the weekend viewing. You know, so much but, to do this week. You, you were flying all over the place, but oh watch it. I, I want to, next week, Nick. Let's talk about it. We, we don't have enough time yeah. right now, but let Nick watch it. And next week, let's let's do a little impact segment. Let's give your thoughts on it because the real controversial thing here was that Tessa lost, mm. and people were like, "Ah, uh, should she have lost after taking that beating from Sammy Callahan?" Now he did show good sportsmanship and hand her the bat uh, afterwards, and she stood tall. And had like she he ga- he gave her the ring and she walked out standing tall and crying and being a baby face. So I think that it's going to depend on where they go with her after this. Um, already they have them lined up for a tag match this Sunday. Um, so it looks like they'll be teaming up going forward. Like she's earned Sammy's respect and now you know she's badass enough to fight alongside him. That kind of thing. If they have this be um, you know something where she is victorious even in defeat. And going forward, this adds to her babyface character. I think this just is, it, it will be a great thing for her. But let's put it on the list to do a bonus episode on intergender wrestling in general, maybe based off okay. this, this match, because I think there's a lot to say here philosophically and inside and outside of, of professional wrestling. So I, I think I, there's plenty about this that I want to say, but I, I, let's save it because I, I think we could, we could make a really good episode out of that. Sounds good. Let's yep. move on, sir. Yes. All right, guys, it is time for our listener questions. Thank you very much for hanging in there, everybody, uh, in the live chat. Uh, for those of you, uh, if you'd like to get in and ask us questions every week, you can do so for just a small $5 a month contrib- contribution over on patreon.com slash BWO. Essentially mm. the cost of buying Sir Ian Dangerous and I a beer once a month. 
You can participate not, every week in the show. Not uh, the beers I drink, sir. I drink like fifteen dollar craft. Yeah, you're brewers. drinking those like eight percent IPA, whatever double IPA. <laughs> Buy me a tall boy of Miller Light and we're good. Uh, That's such what I'm a hipster saying. bastard. Yeah. First up, Andrew, uh, thank you for the question. Do you think having so much talent is causing the creative issues in WWE as they just have too much to work with? Is this also why they keep calling up the NXT talent as if something does not get over, they don't have to keep trying? No, hmm. I think the real the, the issue isn't having too much talent. It's not knowing what to do with the talent that they have. Yeah. It's not like there's, I don't think they're sitting there going, uh, we don't have enough for all these people. It's, You've got enough people there. You could, you know, you've got so many people that you could just look around and point at somebody and say, "I've got something for you." If you actually had creative ideas, yeah. We know that Vince has a hard time not just booking the top of the show or thinking about the top of the show, uh, the top of the card rather, um, and he doesn't really care what goes on underneath that. You know, he'll he'll put in some work on it and make sure that you know something's going on. But you have whole writers teams that are uh, that are assigned to certain feuds. And sometimes they, you know, the higher ups give a crap about those feuds, and sometimes they don't. If you come in and you've been working on this feud all week and writing it and putting it together with the wrestlers involved and everything, and you go in, they're like, "Yeah, we're not doing that feud this week." <laughs> You're shit out of luck. Yeah. And that's what happens in WWE a lot. So it's not to do with the amount of people; it has to do with their creative philosophy when it comes to how they're writing these angles and how they're writing these these feuds. Um, and as far as bringing up the NXT talent. Uh, that's just panic switch stuff. Like we can't think of what to do with the people that we have. We can't come up with creative ideas for these people. So let's just inject something that will excite the audience, and hopefully that will help. I, so uh, yeah, I don't think it has to do with how many people they have. I think that that's it's unwieldy. I think that it's actually bad for the the people that are there to have so many people because they're so inept at using the people that they have. Yeah. That's not, the, that's not the WWE's problem. That's the wrestler's problem. No, I agree with that. Um, I'll put my tinfoil hat on and say probably sometime in the late fall, early winter last year, Vince finally started getting some real info that this AEW thing was going to be for reals and just started yanking people up and signing them to big contracts. Because you're, you're only get, you're not, I don't even know if you're making six figures in a little non-TV developmental role, uh, but some of, the, some of the four or six people that they brought up over the course of that four- to six-month period at the turn of the year – um, I think he just wanted to earmark and say mine so that they didn't end up leaving. So uh, that's my little tinfoil hat perspective on it. He just wanted to make sure that all those people were there. Didn't have anything to do with them right out of the gate, uh, but just didn't want to lose them also. Right. Yeah, I agreed. Thank you, Andrew, for the question there. Uh, next up, Ed. Three dream matches, AEW versus WWE. No legends, oh. just active rosters. Loving the show, guys. Keep it up. Thank you, Ed. Uh, three three yeah. dream matches. <laughs> um, it's it's tough because either so some of them may have already happened. Well, I mean, right off the top of the bat, Young Bucks versus Revival. That's an easy one. Yeah. They've they've got a built they got a built in feud, ready to go. Um, uh, MJF versus Miz. Mm. <laughs> Just a promo off. Who's the bigger dick? Um, and, uh, Ricochet mm, versus Jimmy Havoc. I'll put that one. Yeah, out no, not, I don't not, know not so much for me before either. Not so much for me just because they're very different styles. Havoc, Havoc is much more of a hardcore guy and Ricochet is much more of a flyer. I've seen Ricochet Pentagon Jr. Or otherwise I would have said that, 
I've seen a lot of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, be, that was like season one of Lucha <laughs> Underground right there. Yeah, we've seen a lot of that. Um, but I would like to see Pentagon against like Nakamura or something like that or, mm. or Finn Balor. You know, I think I think that's my I think those would be my choices. Hmm. Off the top of my head, like just. Brr. I'm trying to think of big boys, but there's not a lot of big boys in, uh, in AEW right now. No, the vanilla midgets over in AEW, my friend. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much, Ed. Uh, next up, we got Andy is putting Evolve on at the same time as Fight for the Fallen strategic and the biggest acknowledgement of a new competitor by the WWE. Interesting. Will this backfire and what will they do if there's a huge difference in ratings in the favor of AEW? I don't have the tweet in front of me because he deleted it. Kenny Omega, during the whole Seth Rollins kerfuffle where he got himself in hot water on Twitter and got into it with Will Ospreay and everybody else, Kenny Omega threw in his two cents and he said that essentially that it was highly inappropriate um, and spoke to WWE being afraid of AEW that they would run a show funded by Saudi Arabian blood money against a show that was all about you know the veterans and giving money to uh, people who had sacrificed everything for this country. Yeah. Um, so that, you know how Kenny Omega feels. Uh, Kenny Omega absolutely thinks that, that this is WWE taking pot shots at AEW and it's inappropriate. Um, as far as me, from what I understand, the, the Evolve paper, the, like they were lined up to be on this weekend long before Fight for the Fallen was. The fact that WWE is promoting as much as it is, is raises an eyebrow. But it is the 10th anniversary of Evolve. Evolve has become more and more under the WWE's auger recently. So I'm not ready to put my tinfoil hat on yet for this and have, have it be WWE's directly trying to run against AEW. Because frankly, if they really were, you'd think they'd put something a little bigger yeah. against it. Um, they, I mean, obviously, they're trying to counter-program counter at least a little bit. I, I, I think that's possible. But I don't think this is like a major salvo. This is not WWE bringing out its big guns on AEW or anything here. So no, I don't either. I, I think I, it's I just it's coincidence more than look. You've you've got the G one going on all weekend. You've got fight for the fallen. You've got the evolved thing. You've got uh, extreme rules happening. Uh, there, I don't have time to figure out who's trying to undermine the other one. There's so many shows on to watch this weekend. It's, I don't think it's anything malicious intentionally like that. Like you said, it's been planned for some time. There's pl There's been plenty of times where there's been underhanded tactics used by the WWE against other promotions. I don't, I don't yeah. believe this is one of them. No. Yeah, same. All right, Andy, thank you very much. Good question. Uh, next up, Brad. So is this whole commercial break deal just more annoying than anything else WWE is doing? Is there not a way to run 10-minute matches, then run two- to three-minute promos, then break for commercials? Can they just stop the 15- to 20-minute promos and actually get back to wrestling <laughs> yeah. so that it isn't breaking up what we are all tuning in to see? Rhetorical yes. question much? Ret I think rhetorical. That's rhetorical. <laughs> Self-explanatory. We totally agree. Yes, Great question. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we agree. You're exactly right. We, totally we think the same way. Spot on. Yep. Thank you, Brad. Uh, next up, Jacob. What has been your favorite pay-per-view or show since you guys have... Oh, since we've started the podcast. Oh, Jesus. WWE or otherwise. Uh, you know, on a personal level, it's probably got to be me, the, the 2017 G1. I'll, I'll say the whole shirt tournament as a whole because it really turned me on to New Japan after working with Ian for the first few months. Um, that, was, that was a big deal for me personally. Um, and, you know, frankly, if we, we do this professionally. So... Yeah. Is 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 this that was a big deal for me because I had previously just kind of, you know, 
I had heard of AJ Styles. I had heard of Finn Balor. I had heard of Bullet Club. I didn't really understand a lot of it. That was a big deal, big turning point for me since we started doing the show. So that's that's it, it's daunting. Me. It's daunting. New Japan can be a lot to get into because there's so much history and it is a little obtuse at first with the language barrier and everything else. So that's understandable. Yeah, but no, good call on the G1. That would definitely be one of my top ones as well. The, the G1s have been absolutely lights out the last couple of years, but then so was um, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 2018, Dominion. I think went on right after we started in 2017. That was a really good show. I think my number one's going to be uh, All In, actually. Um, and we didn't make that much of a deal out of it on the show. Um, but that was one that I think that's we're going to look back on, and that's going to be a really, really important yeah. milestone. Uh, milestone. I was going to say paradigm shift, but you know, Moxley already stole that from me. Um, that's, it's, gonna, it's a big deal. Honorable mentions, I, I'll throw New Orleans takeover and um, takeover 25 out there. And I'm an, I'll am i throw in uh, uh, the I, the couple of New Japan shows I've been to here since we started the show, both in Long Beach and in San Francisco. Those were all uh, really entertaining, a lot of fun, too. Um, we went to Lucha Underground taping. That was a lot of fun. That wasn't a pay-per-view, though. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. I, I, you know, it's funny to really answer that honestly. I would have to go back and look through my notes and see which one we kind of lost our mind over the most. So that's why All In's the easy one for me. I think that's the one that's going to stands out as being like, that's a big one. It was a fantastic show. But then it's also like, in, in terms of, that I think is going to be something we look back on and define, because I think that define our show by, because we started this show, Nick, I think just as this wave of modern wrestling is starting to crest. Like, I think we're going to look back and say that we started this podcast at, really really uh, uh, incredibly timely time yeah um and we got in before a lot of this really started taking off and i think that all in was was a that's that is a big flag you can put down and say that was the moment that everything kind of shifted yeah if you if you, if you guys ha- are just new to the show or anything like that go back and start it like i don't know june of 2018 or something like that where we really first started ta- we started hearing glimmers of of all in, and then you know the rest of the year shows where we just progressively yeah. got more and more info. Like what the, the hell? The post all in stuff, late 2018, leading to AEW becoming official. I mean, that was a really fun. The time. first, the first show of this year, where we were like, AEW's for real. Yep, it's really happening. Yep. It was. We were both like, oh my god. So, all right, we got we got lots. We got to move on here, Nick. <laughs> great question, Jacob. Oh, Thank yeah. you. That's that's, that's a really a good one, one to intro- be introspective that's about. Tough one. Uh, yeah. Next up, Will, uh, do you think this pay-per-view is finally the spot where Brock cashes in? Yes. Both champs have had respectable three-month reigns, and yeah. Paul saying this could be the time where he is finally lying to us makes it seem like they're trying to pull off some reverse psychology. I mean, really blatant reverse psychology. Yeah. Really blatant reverse psychology, um, which I think was Paul's point. We both picked Brock to cash in Yeah. Uh, uh, this weekend, so I'll put it that way. I... I think he will be there. Honestly, like I know we both went in and said, oh, Brock's cashing in, but I think that was just us being lunatics. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, this would be a weird one. It'd be a weird one to do it on. I think he does. And the, and Seth and Becky are so hot right now. They got their own thing going on, but Kofi's starting to wane a little bit in my opinion. Yeah, man. People are going to be so pissed if Brock has the title again oh, at the yeah. end of the show. I, I just They're think gonna it's going to be so a total pissed. swerve that he's going to come because they've been hinting it and or uh, Kofi, right? I think it's going to be people Kofi. aren't they're not ready for it yet. Like that's I picked the most pessimistic outcome. I literally picked the most pessimistic outcome. Brock comes in, screws up the title match, takes it off of Baron Corbin. Lacey Evans is your woman's champ. 
Brock Lesnar is your male is your universal champ. It's the darkest timeline, Nick. <laughs> it's the darkest timeline. Please don't be right. Oh. Please don't be right. <laughs> no, no kidding. Thank you, Will, for <laughs> that question. Last but certainly not least, Eric, do you guys think Impact can capitalize on this momentum coming out of Slammiversary last weekend? I mean, people have been saying it, 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 they're going to capitalize on momentum for on and off for years. Um, I think they can. They left themselves in a great position to do so. Uh, they're losing a couple of people right now. There's still some turmoil. There's still, you know, it's still a lot of stuff up in the air. And I still think that they're kind of in, they're under the gun more than any other major indie promotion right now, whether that's Ring of Honor, TNA. MLW's big time on the upswing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Impact is is in the most well. I think Lucha Underground is in the most awkward place because they're they're pretty much dead. Oh, they're done. But uh, yeah, they're toast. Um, but yeah, could they? Yes. Will they? No idea. No idea. That's completely up to them and what they do. Uh, but they have been booking way better than Ring of Honor. Um, they still have a ton of talent that they can do a lot with over there. Um, so fingers crossed. I would like to see them actually continue this trend. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Thank you very much for the question, Eric. And thank you all to all of our patrons who send her questions in every single week. And thank you for supporting this show. If you would like to get in on this, patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers and get access to much good stuff. But, Ian, we're not done yet. We've got oh, just God. enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 uh, beep, 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 All right, here we go. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, if you watched the ESPYs last night, you saw lots of Roman Reigns. He presented an award, which apparently half the audience was gone for. Every time you cl- the camera showed the wide angle of the audience, and half the audience was gone when Roman Reigns was presenting his award. But he also received an award for best moment, best WWE moment for his return from leukemia, which we said was going to be what won. Did we, he present it, was, it to himself? No, he presented, I oh. think it was like best college basketball coach or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I was on the TV behind me at work last night and I didn't have the sound on and I was, and I was working. Um, but yeah, the audience was like half empty when he, was, when he was presenting the award. But he did win best moment because hooray, he beat leukemia, uh, allegedly. Joey Janela and Enzo almost got into a fight. I didn't just say that. That was the worst thing I've done in, in months. I apologize. I apologize for, for questioning that. Um, Joey Janela and Enzo got into a fight or almost got into a fight. Joey Janela picked a fight with Enzo because they were having a little Twitter beef. And then he saw Enzo coming out of, I guess, out of a concert and he tried to pick a fight and it was recorded on camera. Um, and Enzo actually handled it very well. And, uh, Joey's, Joey's not a spring chicken and he should know better than to try and get a heat from someone like Enzo. Like when you, when you pick a fight with Enzo and you try to work a, a shoot, or shoot a work <laughs> with Enzo, with a guy like Enzo Amore, and you come out looking like the douche. Yeah, you done. You done screwed up. So calm, yeah. calm your roll. Calm your roll, there, bad boy. You, you've got it going good in AEW, Joey. Don't Seriously. f it up, okay? Don't screw it yeah, up. Leave Maybe. well enough alone. It's Enzo. He's gonna be Enzo. Just go the other direction. One too many shots to the head on that yeah. Janela boy. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned before, LAX and Johnny Impact look to be leaving Impact, where they will end up. We don't know. AW. AW. Uh, this week, as we mentioned, MLW had its uh, Kings of Coliseum. Big news coming out of that. Jacob Fatu, cousin of Roman Reigns and the Usos, picked up the heavyweight belt. Keep your eye on him. He will be a future WWE superstar 
Mark our words. It's going to happen. This is the beginning of that. He's just getting some indie work in before going to WWE. That is the bottom line. Um, also, don't piss him off. There's video out there of him beating the absolute crap out of a drunk fan who tried to pick a fight with him ringside. He's a big, scary boy. Don't mess with Jacob Batu. Just saying. Yeah. Zack Sabre Jr., after his match at the G1, had one of the lines of the week, in my opinion, where after his brilliant technical match with Sonata, he said, putting on a great technical match for an American audience is like reading Shakespeare to a dog. <laughs> God bless Zack Sabre so Jr. He's so good. He's just the biggest <laughs> asshole, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, Jerry Lawler. Used to have a podcast. It was co-hosted by a guy named Glenn Moore. Dinner with the apparently King. That, I used to listen to it quite a bit. Yeah, well, apparently Glenn Moore, not a very uh, nice guy, not a very above-board guy. He was ripping off fans for their money. Mm. He was promising them swag, T-shirts, signed, autographed stuff from the King, and they would send him money, and he kept coming up with excuses why he couldn't send them the actual stuff. So he pocketed thousands of dollars in cash and never sent people the stuff, and looks like they're never going to see it now. Uh, Moore and Lawler are no longer on speaking terms. There's a lawsuit against him. He's gone completely AWOL and uh, has shut off all his social media and everything else. So, yeah, that's rough. So, sorry to hear that. He does have uh, a new show starting with someone else, though, by the way, Jerry Lawler. Yes, he does. does. So, we'll and see how worth, that turns out. Hopefully, it's worth better. a listen. Uh, uh, Lawler did come out and address it and saying that he was going to make everybody whole that did give money somehow oh, he did. get I them signed stuff. Yeah, he, they're, they're going to do their best to make everybody whole. Fantastic. Well, he's a stand-up dude for yep. the most part, yep. unless you're his girlfriend. Uh, Alberto Ooh. Del Rio will face Tito Ortiz. You heard that right. Del Rio is facing Ortiz in an MMA match for Combate Americas uh, in Mexico. I mean, Del Rio used to do shoot fighting. Um, he's going up in there against Tito Ortiz. It's like, Tito Ortiz, Ortiz and, though, dude. It's Tito Ortiz. He's not a young man anymore, but he can still knock the crap out of the Iceman. So... Out of Chuck Liddell, like I, what is Del Rio doing? I mean, he pulled Jenna Jameson, you know. Jesus Christ! Well, so, I, what does that have to do with anything? I, I don't know. I'm just making an observation as a man. That's, M- that's like, well, wow, okay. MMA guys pulling porn stars does not impress me. <laughs> just saying. Uh, that being said, uh, bye bye Del Rio. Yeah. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. What are you? What the heck are you thinking? Yeah. You're gonna. You, you're gonna I hope he got wo- paid. You're gonna need it I for hope about he's the paid. 18 months of recovery. It's gonna take for you oh, to come yeah, back to life. Yoy. His nose is going to be even more sideways on his face. Yeah. And finally, finally, uh, I got to end this on a lighter note. Right here in LA, we have a promotion called Bar Wrestling. It's jo- it's Joey Ryan's own promotion. It takes place um, over on Wednesday nights, and uh, it is typically a lot of fun. But uh, some strange stuff happens every once in a while. And yeah. Brian Cage had his uh, had his bachelor party this week there. Uh, last night, as a matter of fact, he had his bachelor party there last night and gave a lap dance. Brian Cage gave a lap dance to Tessa Blanchard, Kira Hogan, Sue Young, and Scarlett Bordeaux. Just, he went full Magic Mike on it. Sorry, Melissa. Uh, well, I, I mean, it's I mean, she might have been party. there and been game for it and had a good time. No, I'm saying they better, all know better each that, other, you know. Better that than the other way around, right? Yeah. That's very, well, very forward know. thinking of him. Yeah. I'm just saying, very forward thinking of him. So he performs instead of receives at his bachelor party. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to see bar wrestling, it is at the Bootleg Theater. Uh, it's a lovely place. Owner's a sweet woman. Uh, played a show there before. Good stuff. So, yay bar wrestling. Yay Brian Cage. Yeah. 
And congrats um, on retaining gay feminism. Yeah. So. Well, guys, there you go. Thank you very much for the rundown, Ian. And thank you guys for joining us here on the live stream on YouTube. Uh, for everybody hanging out in the chat, it's been an awesome show. I think we've mostly got all the little widgets dialed in now. We've had a couple of little video clips, but we've been fairly fairly steady this this show. So thank you guys for, uh, for t- helping me dial that in. Oh, goodness. But come over and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. We're going to have lots of little live chats happening this weekend, so you need to be in there to get those alerts and be able to participate in those with us throughout all of the crazy wrestling pay-per-view action happening this weekend and beyond. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open. And be sure to hit that notification bell because it'll alert you in advance when we're getting ready to go live so you can be here and participate in the live stream every single week alongside everybody else. Is that what it does? The little bell? Yeah, the little, it sends you a little, uh, like a notification on your phone, so you can just. Click I thought it, it was like you, you click it and they bring Taco Bell to your door. Is what I thought. N- no, that that's Postmates. Oh, I've but been I'm doing Nick it all. You, oh, I forgot one thing. If you want to support this show and love what we do, head over to Patreon.com/slash/BWO, and not just the ability to ask listener questions, but access to show notes, bonus episodes at the ten dollar tier, sweet swag. You can even get a Skype call once a month with Sir Ian Dangerous and myself. If you oh like. my. All kinds of awesome rewards over at patreon.com slash BWO. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God, would you stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.